So we're back, and we're all a little older than we were last time. And wiser. And wiser. But we're not that old. We're not stuck on a beach aging at a rapid pace. Like, the best movie of 2021, old. Guys, I watched this last year. I don't even remember it. I don't remember. Remind me. What was old? The M. Night Shyamalan movie from last summer. Old was a trip, dude. So, it's about this family. Their their marriage is on the rocks. Oh, my gosh. So, they go to this resort. All expenses paid. It's a big retreat. M. Night Shyamalan's the bus driver. And they go to a <laughs> beach. And you saw this in the trailer, probably. Every 30 minutes on the beach is one year, I believe, is the time. Dude, so you, you got a good memory. You, you age a year for every 30 minutes. There's probably, like, what? Like, 15 people on the beach? Yeah, probably about that. Yeah. So, a bunch of shit happens. <laughs> uh, a six-year-old gets pregnant <laughs> as a kid. There's a, a mentally disturbed uh, rap star, Midsize Sedan. And uh, I think you like this movie. I think Taylor liked it. Much, I did. I had a great time. He's, this is ingrained in him. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was solid, man. I, it was a ride. Let's take a step back. We we were planning. We got you know Ben Taylor and Bill Mo here. We were gonna get into this movie last year because this movie was dog shit. Yeah, but we didn't. So we're gonna get to it right now. And you're right, Taylor. All that stuff happened, but I don't know, Bill Mo. I think M Night has regressed as a filmmaker, Big time. It, or has he never changed? That's the real question. I guess that is the question. I think he's staying true to who he is. Is he the same director or because, is he worse? Uh, look, I maybe I think what you're right in that he really hasn't changed because you look at his other past movies, he has bombed before. He has regressed <laughs> from his better movies before. Uh-huh. So I think old, we, we just caught him at at the dip. It's a he big dipped. dip. It's a huge dip because oh. Glass was, <laughs> I was gonna say, a huge dip. Maybe it's the plateau of the dip. Yeah. We I don't know that this, honestly, I don't think this dipped further than Glass. <laughs> well, and then maybe that's just because Glass, the expectations were through the roof. But answer answer this for me, though. Were you bored at the end of Old? Yeah, I, I was bored. You were bored? Mm. Yeah, of course I was. Really? Like, and maybe bored isn't the right word. Like, bored not in the sense as in, like, I, I'm just so taken out of the movie. Like in that, like there's different, I guess there's a difference between bored of like pacing wise, you know, like checking your watch and stuff. But this, I was just like watching it happen. At, at one point I, I, I just had to check out. It felt <laughs> like I was, was reading a giant run on sentence that you're yeah. like, you're like, okay, I'm following, but my head hurts. Like yeah. trying to keep up with this. Like it just, there's this, from what I remember, and I only watched this once, but I just remember there's so many parts of it that I felt were like amateur very like the cinematography was amateur the the way that he had to explain every piece so heavy-handedly i was like dude we're watching your movie already yeah. you don't need to tell us the dialogue was dialogue horrific. it was horrific I, I thought the characters were a little one note like almost caricatures yeah <laughs> like they each have like one like overwhelming flaw and that's like all he wrote about them yeah like like the pretty blonde woman that is obsessed with her, her looks, looks yeah. her, oh her my flaw. gosh dude or the the doctor with the rage issues like there's always it's like it's it's always something oh i and like it it really it really was amateur filmmaking like 
I love when Shyamalan, like, he does such mm-hmm. a great job in, like, Sixth Sense and Unbreakable um, in those movies of, like, really not having to hold your hand the whole time. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, and it, this, and it's like, I remember, because you remember, like, you can see the, the telescope lens or whatever. Yeah, him, up, up, yeah, the glare. So yep. that kind of is present, but then I was like, oh, okay, they're being spied on by someone, and then, like, I... I, I do wish we had this more fresh because I know we were rage texting. We rage texted after a bunch about we this. Saw it, and it was so much more fresh. But just trying to think back to it, like the whole here's the thing old had a lot of good ideas. Yes. I think the premise is yes. is, is, is good. It's Our interesting. Is Are we going to spoil this on the Absolutely. Podcast? Absolutely. Okay. So, like, what do you guys think of the ethics of basically? So, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, the reason that they're aging so quickly. And making these people go through this is because they're testing out treatments for rare. And there's illnesses. a there's an actual gravitational like yeah issue like on the with beach. the earth. Yeah, there's a metaphysical happening in this particular part of the beach that causes the time rapid aging. Yes. Yeah, and so this research company takes Shad- advantage Shadow of Shadow Group. They're like, all right, we're gonna use this to collect data on treatments for illnesses that we couldn't get normally. Right, so like we can give a treatment and see the effects of it 20 years down the road in one day. You're jogging yeah. my memory so well right now yeah. because they bring in all these people that have some kind of condition that yes. is life altering, yes. terminal, something. Yeah, some have, have seizures, epilepsy, cancer. Yeah, epilepsy. And they all have a reason to go because they're like, well, I need to take advantage of my time. So why not take a trip to a nice That's resort? Right. The wife in the movie, the main wife has cancer, right? has cancer, some kind of cancer. And so they get there, they drink a nice drink when they show up, which has the, the treatment, which is like, wow, this is actually really creative. And that's why I was so fucking pissed yeah, <laughs> when the whole thing happened. Cause I was like, this is actually an interesting story. Yeah. And you screwed it up with this bullshit with, amateur shit yeah, with horrible dialogue, horrible dialogue, horrible, um, exposition. Cinematography like- sucked. I remember there was just like these empty, like pan shots that just kept happening. And it was just like, dude, like you're not like a kid in film school anymore. You have a budget. Like, you don't need to shoot it like this. Yeah. And and things just ended up not making sense. Like, how they figured out that the coral reef somehow protected them from getting out of the beach area. I was just like, and what, Shyamalan sat there for a minute and was like, oh, okay, looks like they drowned. I'm packing up. (laughs) It's like, okay. We're good. (laughs) And yeah, just that whole reveal of, like, the the pharmaceutical company, and they're all cheering like I look, here's the thing. He had the great idea cuz the whole dilemma is is it worth it? Yeah. Is it the is the moral of uh, like is it morally? Yeah, is it ethical? Is I it guess, ethical to do doing? something like that? Yeah. To take advantage of people if it's going to serve the greater purpose uh-huh. of, you know, sacrificing the lives of few to the benefit of not just the many now, but for future, future. generations yeah, without you, their knowledge. <laughs> without their knowledge. Without consent. See, that's the thing. That is a great question that's uh-huh. a great ethical question uh-huh. to present but the way it was presented was just it's it that's the thing i think the presentation of old ruins the entire movie it does it's the presentation it does because the premise is there that they have interesting things that they can present to the audience but they almost don't even allow you time to ask those questions like i didn't leave the movie thinking oh, was that right what they were doing <laughs> no. i was just thinking about how shitty like how poorly it was made yeah like it was totally over. He, Shyamalan's like amateur filmmaking overshadowed the entire premise of this movie. I, I and that's what it came down to for me. I think it highlights an issue with Shyamalan. Like, 
I think he's got he's great at big picture stuff. Like, yeah. Like great ideas. Like most of his movies are pretty original and they normally yeah. have a pretty good twist. But like when it comes down to like the nitty gritty, like the nuts and bolts, that's where he falls apart. Like for example, how he writes children in his movies. They're all geniuses. He's got one of two. <laughs> They're either like precocious little geniuses or mm-hmm. they're complete ones <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that are just just complete idiots. Like there's no in between for yeah. him. Like he can't have the idea of like a kid that's probably pretty sharp for their age, but they're still a child. He has no idea how to like connect with, with that with that character. And that goes back to him as a director. Because he doesn't know how to bring anything nuanced out of his characters. True. He's basically like, You're evil, you're the hero. You're the bystander. You know, it's just like these people show up and they do the plot thing and they go away and there's really no growth from anybody. Right. Right? I mean, even the kids, like, what do the kids grow? Like, the end of the movie ends with the two kids getting out and they're basically like, yeah, we lived a life, but we're still here for each other. Yeah. So, and, I, and I know what would be more fresh now is the dialogue because it's coming back to me. Yeah. I remember they had, like, the Asian dude and his and his wife, like, they just, like, get together and they all of a sudden, like okay, so we're all aging and like, I think, a ha- like, how did they even figure out like, oh, a half hour is a year? Like, they just like, this knowledge just comes to them as they're, I, like, they're every like 10 or so minutes, it's like they group together and they all talk. They get yeah, a little it's huddle. Like the doctor looks at like, oh, according to how you look, I'd say that you've aged about 10 years. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, they, like the way they came across, like, he's a really good swimmer though. Know. The, the, that's the worst line in the movie is when the dude goes, Someone needs to swim to the end of the island, and it turns out he was like on the high school swim team. Yeah, right. It doesn't volunteer to do the swimming. Well, it never really made sense. Like, I guess I, I kind of they kind of explained it, but that's the other thing is they figured out like, oh, you can't leave because your body can't adapt quick enough out of this gravitational pull, yeah, so you like, pass out. That's right. Yeah, and all of a sudden, you end up back on the front of the beach. It's like. But like the way that they figured, I'm like, no one could figure this out. Right. Like no, like, I don't know. The dialogue was horrible. Dialogue. The presentation was horrible. The ideas were there, which is why I gave it one star, <laughs> because the idea and premise were there. Did this get letterboxed? This got letterboxed. Oh, okay, I need Have to go back and read it. It was one of my star? first. No. no. At least that I've watched since. Is I that got on the table for you, or is one your your bottom? No, I don't want to say one's my bottom. I mean. Old could even be a half star if I rewatched it, maybe to see how it holds up. But I've, I've had Letterbox since like October, and I've only been logging movies that I've watched since. Yeah, I don't uh, go back and like, oh, I've seen this movie, I'll rate it. It's like, no, I want to fresh rate, watch. I want fresh watches from here on. Whether it's a way. rewatch or it's a new watch, I'll log it. And so Old was one of the first, and my my whole review was regressive filmmaking at its finest. Yeah, that's, that's all I put. Great, w- great way to sum it up. I, I do a 10 horrible. scale for when I usually rate things, and I think this one's probably a four for me. Yeah. It, and four is almost the worst rating you can get on my scale because that means it was truly, like, annoyingly boring or frustrating. Yeah. Right? Because if you're in the three, two, one scale, that means it's probably so bad I'm laughing at you. Right. This movie wasn't quite – I did laugh at some of it because some of the line delivery is so campy. It's in so bad it's funny. It's close. It's not quite happening campy. Yeah. It's almost there. So, yeah, Shyamalan, he definitely doesn't get a pass for me. Like, I'm not going to see his movies anymore, I don't think. I don't, I don't know. I might watch them, but I don't know if I'm, like, actively seeing them. Yeah, I, I'm not. 
I th- that's what old kind of and maybe glass too. Glass, dude. Glass, fuck. Glass, me up. glass shattered me. I was shattered for sure. completely. One hundred million pieces. I went back and listened to our glass <laughs> little section. It's it's incredible. There's it's a, a true rage in there. I, the fans may not care or like it, but for me, it's oh, so, it's therapeutic. It's so therapeutic. One hundred percent cathartic. Because we were his biggest hype men. I know. We were there we for were him, there dude. For split, dude. We did the under the radar. Unbreakable, unbreakable pop, yeah. unprompted by any Shyamalan content. We were his biggest fans, and he let us down on a level that is unforgivable. Yeah, and to follow up Glass with Old, it was just like, yeah, why am I still here? Why am I? I mean, and I may, I think I am to the point where, yeah, I'm not looking to see what he's up no. to next. If it comes out, maybe that is when I base off like hype or not. I mean, I feel like eventually I'll see the movies that he puts out. What a rope a dope with Split though. I know. He rope-a-doped us, dude. Split we thought was he was incredible. dead, and he he put Split out, and we like, he got it back. He figured Split it out. Split was incredible. <sighs> that's the, that's what I'm saying. Take the same presentation and structure that he, and you know, dedication to Split, put that in old, and we actually have a pretty damn good movie, I think. I think the problem is when you have more than three characters in your movie, he doesn't know how to handle it. No, that's probably true. <laughs> and my big Six theory. Cents, there's like three characters. Unbreakable. unbreakable three characters. Three characters. And that's why my signs. Big th- it's a small family. Yeah. You know what I mean. My big theory is that a Shyamalan movie works when the crazy is isolated to a single character. It cannot be an event because he doesn't know how to handle the happening. He doesn't know how to handle everything else going on. The village, like these movies that just get out of hand. And like signs, you see him kind of cracking there. Like yeah, signs is still a good. Watch. It's a good movie, but you can see like where it's kind of yeah, getting yeah, off yeah. the rails for him. But I think Mel Gibson actually keeps it together. In Joaquin Phoenix, for sure. like those guys are so good, I think they they make it work. But with anything less than that, he can't do it. He does not know how to handle multiple people reacting to something. Maybe bigger that's than it. Themselves. Because the visit was also a nice little small comeback for him. Split, and then split. McAvey going nuts. Movie. It's right, and everyone's reacting to this singular piece. But you have like old. You're like, oh shit, everything's happening to all of us. What do we do? And he doesn't know how to keep any focus. You look at Glass. He's like, wow, all these bigger p- things are happening at the same time. Has no idea how to keep it corralled. Uh, that's the way I view it. No, so, I think that's. I think we've cracked it. We got it, right? I think we nailed it. Let's write the thesis. Let's send it out. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to put him in a casket, bro. I love how no one in the world <laughs> wanted this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we anyway. We've been talking about Batman nonstop for a month, basically, and we showed up. We're like, let's talk about old. We, we got to talk about old. That's why you love us, though. <laughs> we had to. We had to get old off the chest because that was... That's been that's been sitting around for a while. And, and one day we're gonna give you our M Night Extravaganza pod. I'm done. This is it. You're done. I'm I done, did, dude. We I did don't it. see what we've covered. His best. We've done it. He's, we've covered his best work, and we've covered his his worst. I'm, why, why? Why? What else do we need to do? All right. I guess. I guess. Not. Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> I know we talked about doing yeah. that. I don't think he deserves it. He doesn't deserve any more time. No more time. We've given him enough. Old, yeah. old was a slap in the face. It is. If if you're listening, Mr. Shamalot, I haven't given up on you. <laughs> I'll keep seeing your movies. Glass was he kicked us down and then old he spit on us. He drowned us in done. a puddle. We drowned, yeah. we drowned in a puddle. <laughs> yeah. I just want to hear mid size mid size sedan's mixtape. See that's the thing. I, I totally get what Shyamalan's humor is there. He's making I know he's poking fun of the ridiculous rapper names and whatever. It just didn't work. It's like, it was, like it was just it was just stupid. It's at just that you point. can't be. I was, yeah, it's like, uh, no. It, it was Shyamalan's half-ass attempt at some kind of humor there, but it didn't land. That's why it's like high school shit. 
And let's see, what's crazy is what's how much did that movie make? I think it did pretty well. I think it was even profitable. did it go profitable? even during COVID. I th- oh for sure it was, because that movie didn't cost much. That's true. One set. So we don't have the budget on here, but it grossed ninety million. That's pretty good. What There's it, no way that movie cost more than twenty million. Yeah, I was gonna I think say it's probably right around twenty. Glass what was twenty. Oh, was Glass twenty? Glass was twenty, yeah, and that made almost like two hundred. And that's his own money. Yeah, I, I the think guys, he funds his own projects. Is he self fund It's his own production. Since, huh? At least since the visit, he has been. Like, Split was only $9 million bucks. That made two ten, dude. Damn, people and then Glass was channel, twenty. Dude. Let's see. I bet you Glass made I bet you it made some two. good money. I respect the hustle. I respect the hustle from Shyamalan. It looks like he's turning a good two forty six. Oh, yeah, was he, Glass. That's pretty damn good. And that's he put out for 20 baby. mil. <laughs> dude. <laughs> that's some old money right he, there. He cashed in $200 million, dude. <sighs> At least he's a legend. So frustrating. That's what's crazy is his movies will. I think he has that name. His movies will make a profit because it sounds. It looks like I don't know how, but he just keeps them under budget. His movies are not expensive. <laughs> M Night has to di- direct a superhero franchise. Which one are you giving to him? Oh gosh, I'd give him Eternals too. <laughs> yeah, just it's already it. shit. I didn't see it either. <laughs> exactly. I didn't Did see, see it, it either. Taylor. I, I avoided it. I didn't hear a single thing. You can have number two because I didn't care about number one. No, no I know. Dad, let's not give him something. No. Good. I, I was curious if there's an IP worth giving him. All right. <sighs> well, that's, that's your off little, our chest. We're, we're clear, right? You guys good? I didn't realize I had that with me, but it's now released. I feel a little better. You feel better? I feel a little better, too. It's been sitting in there. I just didn't realize it. Guys, let's, let's talk about an actual good movie. A really fucking good movie the batman all right that's why you're here the battinson our pats dude bill are you feeling so like just validated because you were on the our pats as a legit actor oh way way before any of these new bat fans we can go back to like the 2016 pods dude you called it out you you put them on my radar you educated me (laughs) and i appreciate you for that you know because good time changed my life Dude, that movie is so good. Good Time was insane. Dude, his performance in Good Time, we've already talked about Oscar it. Oscar-worthy. Oscar-worthy, dude. I get chills thinking about it. Not even lying. So you He's prepared electric. me. Electric. He is electric in that role. Dude, when he goes into that gross-ass house. Dude. Dude. And he starts kissing that chick. Dude. And you know she's like 16 years old, and you're just like. <laughs> 15, maybe. Holy smokes, dude. That movie puts you in a place that you're like, this guy can do anything. Yeah. At he's that been, point. He's been crushing it since Twilight. Honestly, everything he's in, he's Dude. he's interesting. What what the movie that put him on the because I never saw the Twilight movies. I get like he None had of that them. whole persona. I didn't see any of them. A single one. Mm-mm. Wow. Okay. I think the that surprises me. You not came out of, much. Well, you, I think the first one came out on. I know it was already we were high school, on, like maybe in high school. Well, maybe it was middle like, school for us. Like it was like seventh grade, two thousand six, two thousand seven. Oh wow. I don't know. I just never, I never saw him. You didn't have to go try and hook up with a girl at a movie? Is that a no. movie? Wow. I didn't hang out with girls. That you know girls back then for you? <laughs> Me and my friend went to go see a movie, and it was sold out, and couldn't drive at the time, and so we had decided to go to Twilight because we were so <laughs> That's desperate. <laughs> it was not good. So the movie that put me on, him on the map for me was The Rover. Mm, I haven't seen it. 2014, David McCod. The guy who directed uh, The King, that Netflix movie, yeah, yeah. with also Pattinson and Chalamet. But um, watch The Rover, dude. Okay. That Talk about, like, that. I was like, this is Pattinson? Like, okay. Like, because he just, he had that persona. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, he's the Twilight guy. 
he like brings his shit, dude, to this movie. And it is such like it's a it's um Guy Pierce, the main okay. actor. It's a post apocalyptic wasteland Australia movie, not Mad Max, but probably fifty years before Mad Max happens. Like it's just a very desolate, depressing, dark kind of setting. Mm-hmm. And the whole um concept is Guy Pierce's car gets stolen by this group of people and Pat's in, it's his Pat's in, he has a brother and there's another two thieves or whatever. They crash, or he chases them down, and they leave Pattinson behind after their car crashes. So he kidnaps Pattinson with him to go chase down his brother. Oh, wow. And, okay. dude, it's watch the rover. All right. And the ending, just, you know. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Mm. Great. Because it cha- it's one of those movies that it's not a, there's no twist, but it changes the way you view the movie. Okay. If you rewatch it, it totally, it puts different, certain things into perspective. Interesting. Okay, I'll, that's on the radar. The rover, the rover, homework. That will if you're like, okay, if I saw this back then, you would have been on the pants and train the same time. Way earlier. Yeah, yeah, because there's this giant gap because he took this like interesting character indie movie role, mm-hmm. like basically the whole 2010 decade mm-hmm. for the most part. I mean, he did Tenet recently, 2020. You guys, Lighthouse fans? I mean, Lighthouse. Yeah, is good. I, I, I definitely respected. I mean, it's a crazy ass movie, but I totally respect the performances given in that. Same, like, I feel like the, he just got range. You can play anybody. No, that's what I'm saying. Watch the rover, and you're like, holy smokes. I man. will say, I tried to watch High Life, and I couldn't get through it. I did watch High Life. That's not Pat. That's the thing. It's not at his fault. It's not his fault. It's, I just couldn't get through it, it. It was a weird one for sure. It's a very. I actually I've never <laughs> seen anything from that French filmmaker, but it was very out there actually and a little slow i got to the sex chamber room yeah and i was like i just can't do this he just got a little too much for me not even that it was explicit i was like i don't even know what i'm watching anymore but the guy's been doing interesting creative yeah. things so he's not been like kind of that mainstream presence but now it's like he's like full force yeah like in the spotlight and we got to give matt reeves his flowers for this whole movie mm-hmm. we this i mean this was like what in my, definitely my top three movies I wanted to see this year. Easy. I mean... We've pro- been talking about this movie for years. For a long time. A long time. And we've been in on this, right? And we've covered, you know, the Batflex. Clearly, we've covered the Christian Bale stuff. And we were very excited for what this was going to be. And honestly, it met every expectation I could have had. The trailer I, had me hooked. Absolutely. Great trailer. That initial one where it just shows him beat the shit out of somebody. <laughs> and yep. says that he's vengeance. I'm and vengeance. I, like... You just, I mean, no trailer was needed, but Mm -mm. if there was ever a trailer that needed to hook people, that was it. It did it, right? Yeah, so top to bottom, casting, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Couldn't, I, usually I watch a movie and I go like, man, it'd been nice if maybe this person was this actor. Maggie Gyllenhaal. We'll get to that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that. The whole main cast, there's not a single person that's a flaw. Everybody worked so well. Kravitz killed it. Kravitz is like... So good. So good. And she felt real in a way that doesn't, like, it's a character that's so over the top. Yeah. Right? It's a chick acting like a cat, and she's like, but some reason you're like, yeah, that's her. She didn't yeah. feel like a cartoon character. No. It, no. Like, Michelle Pfeiffer in her, her own right, I actually think she did a pretty good job yeah. of capturing that aspect. The essence of it. Anne right? Hathaway was just trying to definitely be something she totally wasn't. We'll get to that. With horrible dialogue. <laughs> and, yeah, Zoe just cr- crushed it. The looks. Everything. Everything. Everything about her came across just, she was sexy, she was mysterious, she was like, she amazing in the dialogue. Great purpose, She too. had reason to do what she was doing. She right. wasn't just like, oh, I'm a thief. 
Yeah, or just like a sex symbol for the movie or something. It's like she had a a fully fledged character in a fit into the story. And are we good going spoilers? Are we gonna? I think we're good spoilers. I think it's been out what three weeks now. Yeah, yeah, and people are gonna see it. You know, so this is your spoiler warning from here on. We, you know, spoilers are are allowed. If you haven't seen it, what are you doing here? Right. Anyway, so we got Kravitz killing it, Dano. You knew I was in for Dan, yeah. dude. And every movie he shows up in, he's got this energy that is hard to describe, but it's just this creepy, yeah. introspective. You're looking at this guy going like, what is this guy about? Because he's a freaking weirdo. Yeah, he and, is a very big weirdo. And he is the Riddler, which it's not the Jim Carrey Riddler, which is just this whatever, you know, clown, basically. It's like he's got this creepy ideas. He's thinking ahead of everybody. And it was very believable for me. At least him being in that spot. And it, again, very purposeful. It wasn't just these random right. killings for fun. Like he was very purposeful in what he's doing, which makes him, again, more interesting. Yes. Because you have the comparison between him and Batman and what they're doing. And they actually make that connection at the end when one of his goons is like, I'm vengeance. Because right. look, I'm taking out the bad people just uh-huh. like Batman is. Like these, that's the thing. They are bad people. Mm-hmm. The people that Riddler's targeting are corrupt bad people so it's hard to just be like yeah riddler's evil batman's good it's like well yeah i mean he just has a different method of going about what you know batman would want to be doing too you Mm -hmm. know what i mean isn't that kind of like a big part of batman as a character though that the villains that he has are almost like almost like a reflection yeah of him like he creates the villains that he's trying to stop yeah in a way it's just like other side and of I, the coin that when that scene happened you like it definitely makes that connection for you mm-hmm. and it totally made sense in the moment and pattinson you see it he's like oh shit looking in the mirror essentially yeah right? he was looking at him and he's just like that's not me but it he, is he doesn't me. want that to be him it is him but he's like no no that that that's <laughs> not me that can't be me and so it's almost like a very and that's why I'm, I'm very excited and i i haven't heard anything about any second or third i haven't either movies i there has to be i mean it's doing it's killing it at the box office it's a great it's doing it's killing it in the ratings but i would love to see this batman continue to develop because what was so what i loved about this is how we started without the origin story mm-hmm. for once this could have taken i mean we know it's two years in but yeah it, it, this almost felt like this could have been the second or third movie in a franchise well how cheeky was it that they basically showed the origin at the beginning of the movie right yeah, that's true. It's yeah. the symmetry between the mayor and his son. Yep. And having the traumatic death that happened. I mean, and that's where you're going, are you showing me Bruce Wayne from the distance? You know, yeah. I thought that was a very clever way of doing it without doing it. Because, right. like, you know, the Batman origin story. We don't need to rehash that, but we can jog your memory because you're going to make that connection. Like right. That, that heuristic to the the Bruce Wayne getting, having his, watching his parents get murdered. Right. When you see the mayor's kid. <laughs> In a very similar situation. Yeah. So awesome opening. And there's some depth to that, right? Of this generational trauma that gets passed down through mm-hmm. these kind of events and how it would impact a city and choices people make. It just felt very purpose- purposeful, and it brought a deeper light to the whole Batman as a as a full story, which is hard to do when you think about how much Batman content we have. No, I know. <laughs> right? To bring that, to actually bring something fresh, you know, to yeah. s- so much Batman content we've had. Um, you know, from the comics to the cartoons to the movies, I mean, it's it's been flooded, but it's Matt Reeves was able to come in and just bring us something 
we hadn't seen before. It definitely felt fresh. It it felt like exciting, and I think it was kind of great to see a Batman that hadn't really figured everything out yet. Yeah, because we haven't really had that take yet on the character, at least in movies and TV. Yeah, and it w- it made it clear um, that he hasn't learned to separate Bruce Wayne from Batman yet. Yeah, and like people were like, "Oh, he's the same Bruce." Wayne. It's like, well, that's that's what the movie's doing. Like, it's it's showing that he hasn't learned to separate. He hasn't learned his role as Bruce Wayne yet. He's kind of just taken on the role as Batman. But then I think. By the end of the movie, maybe he kind of realizes it, but maybe future movies, he's like, oh, Bruce Wayne needs to have a role, too. Yeah. And he hasn't figured that out yet, and that's and that's okay, you know? Because like, movie, he's just like, I'm just going around town at night and just beat the shit out of bad guys. <laughs> yeah. That's, kind of, that's, that's, my, that's my jam. That's what he's figuring out, and he's just like, yeah, like, two years in, I'm just I'm just beating the shit out of people. I'm and really depressed. Yeah. I'm just going to hurt people I all night. I put on my mix on my motorcycle. <laughs> One of the greatest... Openings. Yeah. I mean, you have the opening really with great. the Riddler, but also the greatest opening with Batman showing up. Like you just get these long pause takes of these dark alleys, and you don't really know mm-hmm. if he's there or not. And the and the criminals are like looking in these dark shadows, yeah, and worried. they think he's there, but they, you know, that's why he's like, "I am everywhere. Yeah. I am the night," because they don't know where I am. And then you get the alley, the subway scene, where. You see another dark alley, and right. you just hear those combat boots walking out. <laughs> those like, combat boots. <laughs> you guys think you could have walked a little faster to save that guy a little bit of trauma? <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, that's such a great scene, dude. <laughs> see him come out. He's just Screw slowly walking. He's like, hurry! Please! <laughs> He's like, I'm vengeance. I walk slow. <laughs> I definitely feel like it's, it's definitely near the top or the top of the scariest, like, version of batman i think oh for sure i'd yeah. say batfleck is also a little terrifying yeah at least in because that guy Superman. killed people like straight up well and he's branding and people you. yeah he's branding and killing people. People. yeah and ben affleck's so much bigger than everybody else yeah oh batman. i almost i think i rank him one he was he seemed like the angriest batman he's like, like he is killing people like yeah. he's not like he's like not killing but he's definitely killing people yeah. right but like val kilmer batman i'm not no scared of that we're michael keaton dude yeah i could take a few keaton punches i'm sorry yeah, that's true. I don't think you're really scared. I wouldn't say you're you're probably scared of Bale. That Batman Begins. I mean, we I'm scared of Bale. That. But that opening scene with the docks and Batman Begins is one of the best Batman scenes. Absolutely. Ever. Absolutely. It's perfect. And and that's what I love is that we're just getting these fresh takes on how this character can be and scary yeah. in its own right. right? Yeah. And, and it's definitely Pattinson's Batman, Reeves' Batman. It, it fills its own space. It's its own space. It's totally true. And I love it. And, and so much of that is the way this movie's filmed. It's like mm-hmm. you can see the influences of people like Scorsese and all these other people that have made these movies before. Because like watching Batman move around the city was like watching Taxi uh, Taxi Driver. Yeah. For me, that's how it felt. That's what it reminded because me Because Gotham was a character for sure. Yes. They, that's what they did a great job in this is you know Gotham is supposed to be its own character. Uh-huh. I mean, Burton did a great job with that. Yep. Totally yep. did that with Gotham. And you totally get that vibe here. Yep. You really get the vibe of like, okay, Gotham is this just depressed hellhole hell hole of a place. Dude. It does. It does. And you get like the even the scummy parts, you know, there's the scummier parts, which is like the iceberg lounge uh-huh. and stuff. Like get really into the deep seedy parts of Gotham is like this, yeah, this is hell. Like well, even where Bruce lives doesn't look particularly No, I know. That's His whole true. house looks terrifying. How could you sleep in that His house? Cave? It's, it's the cave, the cold. manor. It's yeah. like so. The only big criticism I've heard is people didn't really like Alfred. They didn't like Andy Circus. 
I didn't not in it very I didn't, much. I, he's not in it very much. But I didn't mind him. I thought he was fine. He's, I, I he's like fine. him. Yeah, if we're comparing, I think I thought Jeremy Irons was a little cooler. Oh, I did. Irons was awesome. Like I would have taken Irons again. Michael Caine kept him and moved him over, but. Irons is good. Uh, Michael Caine would be like. Do we land with my, uh, Michael? Caine. Are we pro Michael Caine? No, I, I'm pro I, Michael. I, Caine. Okay, he gets dragged he, a little his bit. His character I, is is consistently. He's a consistent good character. He feels the in most that trilogy of the Alfred. He is one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, so I, I'm gonna dive into this because you brought up Alfred. I thought he's fine. I expect him to be in the movie more. Yeah, especially I did with too. the way the movie starts. I'm like, oh, he's gonna be very like side by side. He really kind of gets put on the bench. He kind of does, and um, I wonder. I mean, I guess he just his purpose didn't need to be more than it was. Maybe it's a bigger like maybe with a sequel or something he has a bigger part. But the dude gets blown up, and yeah. the first thing you know, our Pat says to him when he wakes up from his coma is like, "Why the fuck did you tell me about my dad?" <laughs> it's like, bro, you just woke up from a coma. Like, give him a hug or something. I mean, like he's you alive. do see the desperation though when he's racing to his house. He does. Like, you he definitely cares. see that desperation. I'm just saying, I don't want to wake up from my coma getting like yeah, getting guilt tripped. You know, yeah. like maybe like, oh, we made it through. This is good, you know, but but I thought he was fine. Like he didn't really have a lot to do. Yeah, uh, you know, as he as solved the crosswords. He did solve the crossword, um, and we learned, you know, that he trained him. So he's yeah. some kind of a badass that wasn't shown. Andy Circus is fun. Like he, I like him. He's great in anything that he does. Yeah, it's yeah. weird to complain about him. Yeah, I know. it's weird that you would get that criticism. I, no, yeah, hear, people are just like, that. oh, like Alfred. You know, he he, he, had, he they just didn't like him. And I was like, maybe because he wasn't in it or had nothing to do, maybe that's their main complaint. But I was just like, Andy Serkis was great. Well, let's talk about somebody that absolutely made the movie, the freaking Penguin, dude. Yeah, dude. Colin Farrell was electric. I loved it. Every scene he walked into, I was pumped. Yeah. He had this, like, jovial way of just lighting up every scene that... He, and he wasn't even like purely evil too. Weird no. energy from him. Yeah. Right. He wasn't, and he wasn't just got, like he wasn't like the penguin Danny DeVito. No. Like this like weirdo deformed freak. He's just yeah, ugly guy. He's not yeah. Even, he's like he's not even like the main focus. No. Like, like he's just kind of a soldier in a Falcone's, in a bigger scheme. In yeah. a bigger Army. scheme. Yeah. And that was kind of I think what was nice is like oh the penguins in this movie so it's like how evil is the penguin what part is he gonna play and you kind of find it's like no he's just kind of like on the peripheral of all this yeah and every scene he's in it's just like man i'm so glad he's here it just added like a different uh, tone and feeling that the movie if it didn't have it i think it would really suffered 100 percent. and yeah. i think colin farrell even you know I, did you i'm assuming you watched the hot ones with colin farrell uh-huh. great episode but Farrell, like he even mentioned, and it, I think it comes through, is like him putting on that mask, like allowed, or like that makeup where he's unrecognizable, allowed him to like really open up like a totally different performance. Yeah. Which, yeah. That, like, he totally killed it. I mean, in, I, in my opinion, the, the most exciting part of the movie was that chase. That car. Oh, was, yeah. For that sure. That was thrilling, dude. I put the chase in the, um, the scene with the one guy having to solve the riddles i'm forgetting the the lawyer the da whoever the courthouse thing the courthouse scene yeah yeah that was great too Th- those i think those are two batman looked that... like he was having a little too much fun <laughs> yeah. Those two minutes. yeah he's good at riddles dude <laughs> he liked he liked the game part. He loved it Here, here's why those were effective to me though and like why the action in this movie worked because you do have the slow noir detective mm-hmm. feel you know that very slow pace so when the action happens it feels like you, like a punch. It's meaningful. Like the movie, yeah, it's meaningful, Impactful. and it's like 
oh, like, shit's going down. Like, and you feel it. Yeah, because there's a lot of just Batman walking around a crime scene. Yeah, there is. There's and a lot people of... People looking at him weird. Obs- obs- yeah. Like, yeah, observations and, like, just being a detective, feeling around the room a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, each scene just feels like you're just feeling around the room. And then when the action picks up, it's like, yeah, you feel it because you're not used to it. It's so a stress. Think- it adds a stress and tension that you're like, oh, okay, th- stakes yeah. have been raised in this moment, and you feel it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that was very effective, I think having that contrast between like the detective scenes and then the action, like, yeah, that car chase was so dope. So, so dope. good. It, it feels like with the detective side of Batman, I feel like it's a side that's been overlooked historically. Totally. In Batman representation. We talked about this years ago. Mm-hmm. So like, it's going to be refreshing to see Batman doing like the de- actual detective work, like going to crime. Cause scenes. even rewatching the trilogy, Nolan's and BVS and Michael Keaton. I mean, the, there's elements to like being a detective, but not really. It seems yeah. like Batman just knows everything all the time. It's almost like they're doing like spy work almost. Yeah. I mean, Trilla, Nolan's definitely felt more like he's like more of doing like a spy thing. I don't know. Yeah, that scene in China, that's like spy stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right yeah. But that's what I'm saying. So, like, I, I, this is the first live action Batman I think we've seen where he's truly a detective. Yeah. Like, that. The t- the tech for the contact lens recording is cool. Good, is touch. one of the coolest things. Yeah, yeah, that was a great touch, and I love how the tech looks. Yeah, his tech looks and feels like homemade. Uh-huh. He doesn't have Wayne Enterprises manufacturing all of these high tech, state of the art material mm-hmm. that he can just use for his benefit. It's like he's had to use, you know, he has money, but to kind of make the stuff work for himself, like. It's kind of shoddy. It's but an it, interesting but it's thing. Still high tech because yeah. we created the first virgin Batman and almost poor Batman. Yeah, that has been on screen yet, right? Because yeah. he's cl- he's clearly like they kind of alluded to this as like, dude, like you don't have unlimited wealth here yeah. with the way you're running this thing, and you know, and so he kind of has this like you know pressure to yeah. keep things going, and you know, and yeah, because like Batman's always got like a supercomputer. Uh-huh. Let's say Pattinson's computer setup doesn't feel like it's like this oh, little monitor yeah, it's like a nice gaming pc setup <laughs> yeah not like when i it, i love how it shows him take the time like he'll go upload his feed and of what he's recorded his... and now he's gonna go back through it and observe because yeah he can't remember maybe he'll pick something up that he didn't realize really smart way of approaching it's crime scene so and, dope and journals yeah. which is awesome. and his journaling <laughs> yeah and his journaling religious journaling i love the narration touch was money yeah the I song thought, choice too, and the song, yeah, the soundtrack Music, was great. The, the whole score and something in the way it's being so heavily simple. promised, yeah, it yeah. worked. The brooding nature when he's walking and you just hear that, dun, dun, it just dun, 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 just dun. sticks with you. It just has so much, just so much punch. Yeah, I, oh, dude, I need to watch it again. I haven't yeah, so have you seen all, it since. No, we're all one timers. I think right. Yeah, we my brother, to. my little brother saw it three times. Dude, yeah. is he single? Yeah, that's, that's why. why. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a three-hour commitment. That's exactly why. <laughs> yeah, that's the one issue. It's such a long movie. It's hard to get out to the theater. But I love how, like, that's how effective, like, I never, I wasn't like, I didn't get out and was like, oh, that was a long movie. I was just like, that was freaking awesome, dude. It felt, it didn't, I wasn't, like, itching to get out, but it felt dense. I was like, a lot happened in this movie. Like, there's, it's a, kind of a big story. Because there is a difference between a long movie and a slow movie. Yeah. Big yeah, difference. there there is a big difference. Yeah, huge. Difference. You could watch an hour and a half, two hour movie that 
feels almost like a three-hour movie. Power of the Dog. <laughs> Power of the Dog is a long... I mean, yes. It's but like, That movie's only like an hour and a half long. It feels like it's three hours. I know. I think, But I do think after the payoff of that movie on rewatch, it wouldn't feel as long. True. I do think first watch... First watch, you're like... It was hard for me to get in for a while on that one. You know what? That one didn't feel too slow for me, surprisingly. I mean, I it is a why. slow burn. I could see why. But yes, I, yeah, I, I sympathize with that. Um, and no, and I and I thought that watching, I was like, man, this movie is really paced well for how long it is. Yeah. Right? And I had heard some people say it kind of dragged in a few spots for people, like towards the middle. But I, I didn't really feel that way with the Batman. I, I thought no, it, I didn't either. I was pretty engaged. But every you, scene felt purposeful. You brought up a good point on a rewatch. I'm curious how much I like it, knowing all of the notes with it, the mystery being kind of already revealed mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, it's. Right? I, I compare it to like seven, where. Like, it's never going to hit as hard as the first time you watch Seven, once you know the big twist. Can we talk about the influences, though, bringing up Seven? Yeah. Like, I, I thought this movie ha- was so heavily influenced by movies like Seven. 100%. Like, the when they find the room and stuff, and the way the killings happen. And the way like, they, yeah. It, I was just like, this is Seven. The and feeling was, of each, like, scene. Scene. It's seedy, it's dark. They're, you know, it's creepy. It's like, it, and the room literally is like the seven room, right? Where it's got all yeah. those journals and stuff, which I'm not, this is no nit like complaint for me. Cause I love seven and I like the way it's like kind of influenced yeah. that kind of a moment. I, I thought like the way they move around the city and shoot things, it felt like taxi driver in New York yeah. city being like this hell hole. And then clearly like the dark night having it's like fingerprints on this as well. Right. But it just created this unique take on all of those things that it all meshed together really, really cohesively, which yep. hats off to pull something off like that. Because done the wrong way, it could have looked kind of campy or kind of hackish. Right. But I didn't. I I thought it worked well. Yeah, and I kind of like the Riddler. It was totally total Zodiac. Yeah, totally Zodiac. Totally yes, a, he was the Zodiac of Batman universe to- for sure. That's a great call out. Yes, very Zodiac. What, tell you, you got yeah. something you're laughing about. <laughs> I mean, he's like just jumping to say this. The movie's interesting because, I mean, we're going to talk about this later, but just comparing to Dark Knight, like, the, I think just the villain aspect of it. Like, Joker is the heart of the Dark Knight movie. He's a core villain in the plot and everything. I'll say the trilogy. Yeah, the whole trilogy. <laughs> it all revolves around Joker with the Batman that's like, there's villains that are like interconnected, but like, they're not working together. They're not overpowering the movie. Like, I felt like it was a little odd how, like, the Riddler and the Penguin and... I always forget. Mar- Falcone. Falcone. And then there's Saltoni. Yeah, I always get Falcone. Salvatore Moroni. Yeah. Carmen Falcone. Yeah. Falcone. Falcone, Falcone whatever. Tuturo yeah. is... Uh, Falcone. Falcone. Falcone, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, they're all just kind of, like, hanging out doing stuff, and Batman's just trying to make sense of it all. Like, it's, yeah. it's so different. It's less focused, which I think... It's it is kind of cool how like they didn't need Riddler to team up with Falcon. Yeah, he's, he's a you team know? up, which is what you're kind of waiting for. Yeah, you're like oh, Penguin and the Riddler are gonna be in cahoots. Yeah, it's like nah, they're not. Yeah, because you know, look at every single movie in the past. They all they always they always they're team always in up. cahoots. You got Mister Freeze and Poison Ivy and Bane all come together. Two Face and Riddler have to work together. Penguin and Catwoman end up working together. It's just like even in Dark Knight. Two Face and Joker kind yeah. of team up a little bit. Well, yep. Yes, yes. There's like that crossover. Yeah, right? Joker yeah. kind of pushes him, take, pulls him off the leash. And yeah, exactly. Releases him. Yeah. Which I have huge issues with that. We'll get into that. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Later. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> so, these are a few other things I remember distinctly from my viewing of the Batman. Paul Dano's performance in that interrogation scene 
where he just starts screaming like maniacally. I was like, I was having so much fun and also laughing at the same time. Yeah. Just <laughs> <this> crazy <laughs> screaming. It kind of reminded me of There Will Be Blood a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dog. Um, That's why I loved it so much. And also, we got to talk about the GoPro. Gliding the GoPro gliding scene that's, was that's classic. The, that's the one knock on the movie. That was dope. The one that's it? It it it's a little jarring. I don't like the GoPro view in movies for me. It takes me out of it. I'm that was a weird That was a weird thing to include. It's a weird choice given the context of the rest of the movie. It's so it's silly. Like you got the whole movie, but then you have the one GoPro it's POV. A goofy angle it's so silly, face. dude. And I like that scene because he gets to the top of the building and he's basically like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. this is high up, which yeah. I appreciated because I'm like. Oh, he's still new to this. He's like new. And he's like, I'm not jumping off buildings that often. Like, yeah. I thought that was My a good heart bro. was pounding. Yeah. That whole escape scene. Oh, yeah. Those cops are so damn close to him as he's as he's trying to get out. Get of out it. of it. I'm like, they're going to grab him or he's done. We haven't given Gordon his flowers yet. I either. was just going to say, Gordon's that made me think sick. of Gordon's scene. Gordon is way sick in this movie. Yes. Jeffrey Wright kills it. Was uh-huh. he in Batman or Superman? No. Oh, that was J.K. Simmons. Simmons was Simmons was only in Justice League. He wasn't even in BBS. Yeah, he's okay. Gordon was never in BBS. Okay. But That's yeah, right. Simmons was Justice League, but he was very brief. Jeffrey Wright is just so good as Gordon. I feel like he's just been in it for Yeah. Yeah, he showed up <laughs> and he was just like, This is who I am. Yeah, good and point. I I love that he does Batman doesn't have this established relationship with everyone. All the cops hate him. They're like, what is he doing here again? Like yeah. he's a vigilante. I mean, that's how any cop would feel normally. If someone, if you're in the force and this guy in a bat suit is coming to your Showing crime scenes, you're just like in this body armor, just walking, yeah, walking around. <laughs> and Commissioner Gordon <laughs> has to vouch boots, for him because it makes you think like, oh, so Gordon and him already have this history. They have the bat signal, so like, I, you makes you think. I, I like kind of leaving the out of origin to the imagination. Yes, what was his first encounter with Gordon, and what was his first, yeah, to build that relationship? Because they have a tight relationship. They felt more like partners. 100%. They were both contributing. It wasn't just like, here, Batman, take care of this. You know, it's like, no, Gordon's like working with him. He's got to figure it out. And HBO is doing a show for Gordon, right? Are they? It's called Arkham, right? for the police. For the police side of it, which I'm guessing is after the events of the movie. Because they're doing Penguin. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And maybe those will cross, Cross I'm sure. But I thought it's so interesting that they're just giving Penguin his own deal. Why not? It's like, how are we supposed to make this interesting without Batman? It's very interesting. I don't know. I think they must have ideas. Because I, I did read that if it does well, they're going to make two more. Which I, I am hoping to. there's like clearly intention, but for three movies, right? What I do love about this is it it does have its beginning and end. The there's movie. Not, yeah. The movie. Yeah. It has a, I mean, if this were the only Batman Batson we get in that story, like, okay. I mean, that's just like a graphic novel. You have yeah. a beginning and end, and that's done for that story. I mean, yes, I want more, please. But I like how we're not just we're not making movies just to set up the second movie. Dude, I hate that. That's the that's worst part Marvel's about Marvel formula, shit, which is just this is a commercial for the next movie. Yeah, you have to exactly. See. And I'm like, I don't want to watch a commercial. I want to watch a self-contained story. Let's get to the odd odds and ends of this movie that I just want to get out on the table. Okay, I've heard some chatter that he's that Robert Pattinson is a grunge Batman. He is not a grunge Batman. He is an emo Batman. 100%. Do you, either of you disagree with this assessment? I mean, what, tell, me what defu- they, tell me what the difference is. Okay, so grunge is anti-establishment. You're 
kind of a dick, but you're kind of having fun with it, right? But you don't give a shit what anybody else is telling you to do, right? So Emo, there's, there's aspects of that there. But he doesn't have not, any I don't fun. I know that he's anti-establishment. And he doesn't have any fun. Emo, you are very in tune with your feelings. You're very cynical. You hate the way the world is. You wish it would be different. And you're very like in that like headspace of like I'm depressed and I don't know how I yeah. can fix this. That is like the only way I can see him in this movie. You never laugh. He never laughs. I don't he, even know if he smiles. Does he smile? I don't think he does. I don't think he smiles. Because like I mean, would you say Kurt Cobain's probably the poster child of grunge? Yeah. Say he's, say he's kind of a goofball. Like, he's if kind you of watch a, him interviews. He's he'll crack a joke. He'll yeah. He'll fool around. He'll be weird. Yeah. Right. That's that's me. Grunge versus. Emo. I mean, I I I think yes, he's emo Batman. And okay. That, with those definitions, yeah. I mean, he's got his journal. He's very in his head. The narration supports that. The journaling supports that. He I has mean, no friends. No friends. He has no friends. Where's eyeliner? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he does. Dude, he looks like the way I described him coming out of the movie. I'm like, he's sickly child king. That's, yeah. that's what I think of when I think of, of Bruce, Bruce, uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman. D- like on the physique Batman scale, he's probably like on the lower tier. Yeah. If not the lowest tier. I don't. He's fit, but he's not. I mean, like, you got Affleck, Bale, Pattinson. Yeah, where do you put Keaton and like Kilmer? Keaton's got to be Keaton and Clooney are like bottom. Yeah, they're bottoms, right? (laughs) Kilmer's above (laughs) Keaton and and Clooney. I think so, because that was uh, our boy Carling was complaining. He's like, he's a skinny little bitch, Pattinson, right? He could have been bigger. (laughs) He was pretty jacked. He would have been weird if he would have been more jacked. Yeah, if he would have been like cut, ripped, huge. Because Bale looked a little bulky. Like he had some structure, dude. uh, What's crazy is I looked. He weighed. More in Batman Begins than he toned down in Dark Knight, and even uh-huh. more in Rises. Rises, he's definitely begins, thinner. and it shows because there's that scene in Begins where he jumps out of bed after his first yes. night. Yeah. He's freaking jacked, dude! Like huge, bro. And he did that <laughs> after the Machinist. Yes, I know. Think about that, that was, shit, dude. Well, and then in between <laughs> Dark Knight, and he did the fighter between Dark Knight That's and right. Dark Knight he got Rises. Hell, skinny again. The guy's incredible. Bill's on another tier for me. That's a whole yeah. other thing, but. But Pattinson, I I, I felt like his his structure his structure was fit who he was. Like, do yes, you, he dedicates time to build his strength, but he wasn't like. But I don't think he was taking. He wasn't dieting enough because all he's eating is berries, dude. <laughs> he's not taking creatine. <laughs> he's not know? eating. He's yeah. not eating enough. He it, needs to eat more. It felt like he felt more like just a guy than like yeah. Like, are you just, buying his punches knocking people out? Like that's kind of where like it kind of well, comes down to. Well, I think to. it's more. Yeah, I think it's the more way technique. it manifests itself. Yeah. It for I mean, sure. Like, Every you, punch he threw, I bought. One hundred percent. Because if you think about it, like you look at like UFC, a yeah. lot of those guys are not just absolutely shredded. One hundred percent. Like their bodies aren't built, and they're the best fighters in the world. Yeah, and they like, can throw a punch that will kill you. Exactly. Yeah. Like I think it's more technique. And I didn't think he looked. Like I liked when he came back from from a night out fighting. His body was just absolutely destroyed. Like, yeah. You look at his arms. Yeah, dude. I'm like, how do you go outside? <laughs> like, you like. In fact, he didn't break like all his leg bones when he crashed out of the glider suit too. Cause that was a hard fall. He definitely, I yeah, that fall because he like hit his head. Yeah. Too, and, like that. <laughs> I feel like he should have been a little bit more. I mean, it does show him beat up. I mean, I'll give them a good credit for that. But yeah. I'm not gonna. He gets I, beat up. I'm not gonna nitpick this. I don't really care, so I don't want to come off this way. But 
he takes a lot of gunshots to his body. That's my. I got a beef with that. So I, I'm curious. I like, didn't have that much beef with that. Okay. All right. He's got body armor. No, I'm talking about like but, when you shoot a shotgun. No, no, but but, but he took those hits. He, no, he took that shotgun hit. Remember, and it took him out. Yeah. And yeah, that slug. I mean, the, the fact that none, there was no, no shrapnel or anything on because ha- half his face is exposed. On his on his mask, but, but I think it lines up like a slug is a very contained shot. Yeah, right. So you're not getting a spray from like a normal shotgun blast. Yeah. So if he if he took a slug to the chest, he's absolutely damaged. I guess not the necessarily guys might killed. just be dumb and not realize. And if, if I'm not mistaken, I thought the only time we see him get hit with the shotgun is when he does get taken out because it, it was like point right. blank. It's the Madison and Square just, Garden yeah. part. And he's he very gets, damaged. And he needs his adrenaline he shot. The rifle and dude, the adrenaline shot. Was <laughs> dope, what what was that? I think it was an adrenaline shot. It was heroin. It was magic. <laughs> <laughs> no, to, I, I, I took it immediately as this is adrenaline because he's weak. He got haze. He got is shot. adrenaline green? <laughs> so they, so I, I heard. what color it was. I heard. That it supposedly could be the Bane serum. Ooh, that makes sense. I like that. The, that that injection came out of left field for me, though, because he's a different guy on the other end of that injection. I know, and not just adrenaline. Like he's he an animal. Beat that guy to a pulp, right? And he's like going to kill him, and he couldn't right? stop. And that's why I think it's interesting if it is the Bane serum. I like that, that idea. Like, some, you know, Bane that's the gets first I've heard later. that. I'm going to yeah. go with that. I love that actually, which is a beautiful touch. Right, it, it it's is. Like, what is that? It came in at the very end of the movie. You're like, well, how the fuck did that happen? Because that's who Bane is. Yes, it's that. The Dark Knight Rises Bane is not who Bane is in the comics. Right, he has like Batman and Robin is closer to the what who Bane is than yeah well, the, the Bane the in Dark Knight Rises. Part, yeah. Huge part. So, so that, the, to think that's like a watered down version of whatever Bane ends up taking and running with later, right. it's a good segue. I like. I that. love that because okay. I love and it, I love that that shows that Batman is. He's human. Uh-huh. He needs, you know, he's not invincible. Yeah. He was taken out just there. Right. And he needed a boost. He was and at his wit's out. end. How sick was that? Was I mean, he just gets up and he beats the shit out of this guy. Even when he's down and not moving, he just keeps pounding away. Kept going. I mean, and right after that, I, I love the scene with him leading the people out with the flare. Yeah, it was Even, a good moment. It was a great, like, great scene. You don't scene. see a lot of Batman actually good imagery. people in the movies. Well, he didn't really save anybody in the movie until that scene. I mean, I mean, And that's what's important. That was yeah. right after the moment where he saw Riddler's goon say, I'm vengeance, and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I don't, And maybe it was more than that right there, but he's like, I need to be more than There's just a beating growth, the shit out of people. Growth in that moment. It was a growth moment. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's just a crucial part of his character now progressing, because now from that moment forward... He's not the same Batman that we saw in the beginning of the movie. It's more than just payback with my fists. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and really in the movies, like prior to this one, like you don't see a lot of Batman actually just saving average people. A lot he be- just beats the shit just, out of people. He's beating the shit out of people, which, which is, is great. Fun. Which is like him finding, he's navigating his way through this. We're seeing that. He's two years out. He didn't just start out with some moral compass and yeah. knowing exactly what he's doing and why he's doing it. He's just, he's brooding, he's pissed off, he's emo, getting in touch with his feelings, and he's working through it. Yeah. We are watching him work through that and eventually build to the Batman that we know and love. It is it is a great journey. So for, These are formative years. And you can see it in like that opening scene. It's like the civilian isn't happy to see him. He's no. like, I'm in, I, am I in this guy's warpath too? Yeah, exactly. He's like, like, oh shit, Like, are you going to bunch me too? There's like, no reason to, for him to think he's a protector. See, yeah. See, right? oh, see, and I love that connection. Now that he's leading people out, yeah. that's a symbol now that's like, oh, he's helping people. He's not just beating the shit out of people. He's trying that's to like, help people. you build your rep. <laughs> yeah. So let's go to the next most unre- unrealistic part of this movie. 
he's got to go upstate and bang Catwoman, dude. You got to turn right. You can't turn left. You got to turn right. That was a missed opportunity. You can go back. I think that's consistent with his character. It is consistent. It is, it is consistent. I'm just saying. But he is a man. He's a virgin. Come on. He's a better he, man than us. <laughs> you but don't he, get many opportunities in your life for something like that. I'm just saying he could still do all the Batman stuff and still hang out a little bit. That's all I'm saying. No. I'm just putting that out there. There needed to be a scene where we, he just needed to wake up the next morning with exactly. Catwoman in his bed. And that's all we needed. That's all we needed. Like, oh, okay. It was consistent, though. I, I'm, not, I'm not nitpicking the story part because that was a nice moment to show he's committed to Gotham. Yeah. I'm saying, like, do you need to be that committed, though? I don't think so, but that's just me. Yeah, Zoe was great. Their chemistry Fantastic. was spot on. Electric. So good. I loved that Zoe, like everything that she, she had her own motives, which caused, like, crossed with Batson to uh-huh. help him. It wasn't just like this, it, it wasn't manufactured in any way. It no. totally made, and that's what it just goes back to why Reeves deserves so much credit. Because the whole movie, like we've said this whole time, none of it, felt manufactured like it, it just felt like everything had its purpose uh-huh. every action scene wasn't just like hey let's have batman punch shit no it was every single action scene progressed the story naturally it was necessary that nothing i felt like was thrown in just for the sake of i don't, I don't know pleasing fans that or j- the joker scene at the end we gotta talk about that yes you yes. need to talk about joker i would agree that that was the only thing thrown in that was like Ooh, let's tease. I mean, luckily, Reeves' post statements, if you've read them. I haven't seen this. He has not. He has come out and said, I- I'm not trying to set up another movie. Like, I, don't, I have no intention of doing Joker. What's the point this of This was scene, just though? showing, look, that other villains exist. Joker's already in Arkham. So did Batman already put him away? You know, like, has Batman already dealt with the Joker? You know, so there's, it just, I think that to me, while it felt shoot in and felt definitely like a studio. Yeah. That feels like a studio, studio malfeasance. Yeah. At the same time, it just adds to this world that Pattinson's already been living in. That, oh, there's already psychos that maybe he put him away, maybe he didn't. I just can't know. see a world where that's not like kind of a force move, though. It just didn't feel, it, it was so bizarre. It was very jarring. You didn't movie, need it. The movie didn't even end didn't after it. it. Like, no, it didn't. They, there's more movies. It would have been worse if it ended on it, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Because that's not what the, again, that's a Marvel setup. It's the, a big setup. That's a Marvel moment. ending the if ending, you end on that. The ending of that movie is a mic drop. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's I fantastic. always envisioned this Batman movie being a one off. That's the way I always saw it, the way it was kind of sold. I think there's a lot of interesting possibilities. I, and I'm not like closing any doors because I think there is, like you're saying, there's, there's possibilities. That Joker tie in, the guy that is the Joker, which we don't even really see his face, is Barry Kogan. Yeah. Who's in Dunkirk. Uh, but more notably in The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Have you seen that? Which I haven't seen. You haven't seen I, it? No, I need to. He's such a weirdo, dude. He's in The Green he's Knight, He's always a weirdo. Too. Yeah, he's a so psycho ass in The psych- Green Knight. He's a psycho ass. He's a weirdo. So I, I think he's got the chops to be the Joker in a convincing way. But again, like I don't think we need that scene, man. We don't need that scene, and please, we do not need another Joker. We really don't. We don't need another Joker at this time. It will never be topped. I'm, I'm convinced more and more of that each day. Well, it's just like there's so, so many Batman villains. Yeah. And they always, each. They can't help themselves. They can't man. help themselves. It's too they much money. They have to go to Joker. That. It's just like, well, we now that we have Joaquin's Joker, and they're apparently doing a Joker too. What? I, I'm, yeah. it, not in this Batman world, right? It's Not to my connected. knowledge. I think it's just a jo- It's a sequel for sure. The movie made a billion dollars, dude. 
I know why. They're making a second one. <laughs> that movie also feels like a one-off 100%. No, 100%. And I, I wish more movies would just be like that. Again, I think Joker is a one-off. Like, yeah. you, At least you can view it as that. And I think more movies should be like that. There's a ton of meat on the bone with the Batman, though. There's no part of Joker. me that's thinking that there's not more stories to tell with our Pats as Batman. Oh, my gosh. And with a young Batman. Right. There's, you can go so many different routes. Um, my question, as far as world building goes, I'm very curious. Do they keep the tone of a detective movie going forward with the subsequent movies? Do they try and pivot into a different kind of dynamic for the story? Because this story is very much drives the character. Maybe we get a little right. Bat Family going on. Like, <laughs> like a, we get Robin, get Robin in here, Robin, Batgirl. But this Pat, like, it would be such a stretch to see this Pattinson have a family or any kind yeah. of like. I mean, they would have to have some radical changes in like in years of like development maybe we now we start 10 years after these events yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> right it's like you have to like skip yeah. over these i don't know do we want to watch this batman try and be a dad figure to somebody no. it doesn't feel like it makes any sense yeah i mean i'm, I'm okay <laughs> if we just have a detective trilogy which you know is what great I mean? that's have what i'm a new saying mystery. G- yeah give him a new mystery some new villain new mysteries guilt off the bench get a little little deep I, and I'm not a and each one, you know, he'll be a little bit different, better, better at his job, and you know, he'll better approach the, he'll approach things differently. New tech, maybe he's got a few more friends as Bruce Wayne. He yeah, he's involved with does a little more Bruce Wayne. Wayne. There's so much potential to grow from this, and I think it was just an awesome place to start. Um, just to get finally, we can just get thrown into it. We don't need to be spoon fed. Oh, this is what happened. You know, whether it's a flashback yeah. or I'm glad we didn't get a single flashback in this movie. Not right. one of like him staring at his parents' grave or Alfred taking him in. We don't need that shit. We, we learn. We know. He learns things. And yeah. that's why that's the great. parallels that they put in with the other story yes. does that for you without doing that. While progressing the story. Right. While actually providing. Yeah. It, it's, it's a fantastic Batman movie. It's a fantastic comic book movie. It's a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. And that's Reeves where hit it out of the park. I'm very, yeah, I, I'm very curious with what the next could look like because there's a lot of juice in this movie that I'm like, you know, what what could you put together again that would make this like kind of come to its full potential? Yeah, because we saw it in this movie, right? Um, my only other nitpicks I'm just gonna throw out here. I didn't love the cityscape scenes when they're up talking. I thought that kind of pulled me out of the movie a little bit. It very much felt like a like a stage to me when they were in those scenes. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like Catwoman and him. Like yeah, I know dawn. what you're seeing. Yeah, and, and you I, have like the sunset or sunrise. Yeah, and, they, and I know they use real screens, like LCD screens for that instead of like a green screen. I, it, it pulled me out a little bit, which... I never pulled... I didn't even notice it. Didn't notice... Okay. It, it always felt to me like it was different than everywhere else we were in the movie. Yeah. So maybe we talk a little bit about like kind of the Gotham and maybe compared to like previous interpretations of it. So like... In the past couple of weeks, I've watched the 1989 Batman and I've watched the Dark Knight and the Batman. And each of their Gothams is very distinct. I feel like the Batman and Batman 1989, they have kind of a similar vibe with their Gotham a little bit. Yeah. Like like, like, like you're saying, it certainly feels like a character. Yeah. But, like, but in that same way, it also doesn't feel like a real place to me. Like a place that I could go visit in the world somewhere. True. There's and, a, yeah, it's a and, level of realism is and, like, as removed. I was watching yeah. Dark Knight, I was like, even though I know I'm like, this is, a, this is a lot of Chicago. I feel like, okay, this Batman actually feels like he kind of could exist in my world a little bit, like, for that reason. Like, yeah. With that Gotham. And I think that's kind of what you were saying with the Batman. Like, there were certain things about it that just didn't feel, like, real, which isn't a bad thing. It's just kind of a 
different approaches to different vibe. Yeah. to the story. No, yeah. And I and I think that's that's fine. Like I still and I think the narration really helped put us in a comic book. Like that I love like I can totally see his narration being serving as a panel mm-hmm. of like the dialogue that's going on. Like you're you're seeing yeah. inside his head and I love that aspect of it. And I think to that point of Gotham, I do think it's not supposed to be like, oh, Gotham could be New York. It could be Chicago. No, it's like it still feels like a real world, but in the comic book realm. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's still a far enough removed, but feels like a real place at the same time. Like it's a really – I mean, Burton's is just like completely, mm-hmm. you know, his own feel. <laughs> yeah. I feel like – yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It, it's hard to explain, but I think he does a great job of making this like a city within uh, a comic book world that's real. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's like the best version of a live action adaption of yeah. something like a comic yeah. book, right? I agree. Where it doesn't feel like it's like a hacked on thing. It's like, no, this is a real place. And yeah. It looks real, but it has a very distinct tone and feel to it. And it really puts you in that noir mood yes. oh yeah when you, when you see it, right? I mean, this movie is impossible to watch if you have any kind of daylight in the room, right? Because yeah. it's such yeah. a dark Watching movie, that at physically 2 PM, dark. I'm like, how can <laughs> you even do that? There's no way you watch that movie at daytime, right? You know, and like really getting the same feel out of it. You got to be in a dark room. Exactly. The that. depth of everything, and like, uh, which is amazing experience in theaters, right? To be in the room and see oh, it like yeah. that. So, yeah, I, I thought it was shot really you interestingly. Fifteen like percent of the movies in daytime, if that. Yeah, maybe. Not probably we not, even, not even. We don't get a clear sky shot. No, at look. All. The only time it's like day, it's raining. What at the funeral, and then when he's on the rooftop with Catwoman, it's like sunset. Sunset is everything yeah. else is nighttime for sure. I was I actually think thinking, rewatching The Dark Knight, how bright it is. Right there's there's scenes where it's like sunny. Yeah, right? which I'm like, well, this is there's not a single sunny day. Right, in Pattinson's Batman world. So. I don't That's think true. that guy's ever seen sunshine. Honestly. It's really raining. It's always raining. It's always <laughs> terrible. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. You've heard us for an hour now. Gush about this movie. So if you haven't hats seen off. it, obviously, I mean, hats off to Reeves killing it, stepping in when things were in trouble with Batflick's movie. Cause he came on the project when Batflick was still on the, that's on, right. He was still going to do it. Yeah. Cause first it was Batflick acting, starring, directing, then he stepped down from the chair, gave it to Reeves, and then eventually Affleck fell off the project. And Gyllenhaal was once interviewed for this, or he was. So um, that's twice now. Yeah, because he auditioned for Batman Begins too. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, I could totally see Gyllenhaal working this though. He could have done it. I don't know if Gyllenhaal. It had to be. I don't know. A little, it's, little old. Maybe. What, what I read with Reeves is that he had our pats in mind when he wrote everything. So which is great. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I can't fathom Affleck pulling it off. It's a different. It's no, no. It's it, the movie would have to change. It would things be the about same. the movie would definitely have to change. Obviously, you can't pull off being a youngish person. Exactly, you can't be two years into your job. <laughs> this would have to be the twenty year, the twenty year into your job. Batman. You're the grizzled, grumpy detective. Yeah, it's losing your the fastball, jaded. right? I will say that ever since our prediction that. DC is going to be trending upward over Marvel mm-hmm. like a year or two ago. I Ever think, since. I think we've been. Hats right. off to us. Yeah. Like, I think we nailed it. If I'm being honest. They're making more interesting content. Yeah. Ever since like Joker, honestly, because yeah. then they did the Snyder cut, which is a huge plus into the, into the right direction. The Batman. It, they've. I still can't believe the Snyder cut worked. I like the. I can't believe I it. I like the Suicide Squad remake. Like, it's Oh yeah. That's right. I really enjoyed that. Loved it. I really enjoyed it's that movie. Awesome. Yeah, DC's just learned. They're like, 
yeah, we can do whatever we want, and we'll just throw talented people on these projects yeah. and let them cook. My my favorite thing about Suicide Squad is Warner Brothers wasn't like, oh, okay, let's try to like maybe Suicide Squad, maybe it happened. No, it's like Suicide Squad never happened. We're gonna fucking remake this movie. Exactly. Like, we're just rolling. We're done. Like this <laughs> we'll is a new take, slate. We'll even take things from the twenty sixteen one yeah. that worked. And they we're weren't even hiding the ball. And it's like yeah. good for you. You don't yeah. need to like hide this mistake or like excuse it. They're just like, no, this was a mistake. We're redoing this. And giving it to James Gunn was just the right move. It worked. I loved it. It's awesome. Loved it. Had such a good time with it. It surprised me. DC's on the up and up and they are making way more interesting content than Marvel. I'm so much more interested to see, like I haven't seen the Peacemaker on there yet. I heard it's really good. Yeah, Taylor watched it, right? Yeah. And then they have like the Penguin and the Gotham stuff coming out and I'm just so much more interested in that than watching like Loki and Captain Falcon, Winter Soldier, whatever. Did you see the new Spider-Man? I have not seen the new Spider-Man. Okay, yet. well, we'll we'll table that. Um, yeah, Marvel. It's one is, of those I just haven't been able to get out to. I'm gonna have to wait for Disney Plus. It's probably. getting too. It's getting too complicated. I think. <laughs> like it's getting too. I don't know. Like ever since Endgame, I've just there's no yeah. more there's no more stakes for me. No, ever since Endgame, Marvel's been way less interesting to me. And you know what? I caught some of um, Far From Home on TV. Mm-hmm. That shit does not hold up, dude. I watched it recently with my wife, and we liked it. I think like, parts nice, of it. It's a popcorn movie for me. And it's every in, time Jillian Hall's on screen, I'm yeah. I'm in. But like it was the I think it was the first scene where he shows up as Mysterio, and it, it looked bad. Like the CG, in it, it never looks good. No, it doesn't. I was just like, this looks bad. And like, there's always a sky beam. Yeah, like lens flare. The characters are always just popcorny. They're just lighthearted, like the side his friends, yeah, high school friends. They're always just like these side. Can you imagine them characters. making something like the Batman from Marvel? like something that dark? Angry. No, it's always half-assed. It's never quite enough. Yeah. They never go enough because they're they're in taking one that's going to be this Moon Knight show coming out, which I'm curious. Yeah, how dark I've that seen the trailers is. and I love Oscar Isaac, dude, and Ethan Hawke. But I'm like, doesn't I'm just doesn't look doesn't look that good. Doesn't look good. <laughs> Um, like the the furthest they've gotten with that was outside of MCU's hands, Marvel. When Logan, yeah, Logan's like right. the most adult, grounded, you know, really adult. And not that just kind of snuck in there, honestly. Yeah, and Disney bought them, and that'll never happen. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know. And Deadpool is like you know doing its own thing, but yeah, that was Fox, dude. It's, that yeah, was... it's all. It, it, so like, I think it works best. It's under the. Waikat, uh, mm-hmm. Taika Waititi. Yeah, his his model where he's already a comedian, like he's he's a joke. He has a voice. He has a voice. He has a tone, and he can take these characters and fit into his yes. mold, and it all works. Like yes. I think Thor three works really well. And I'm excited for Love. Can he got Christian Bale on the project? Yeah, dude. There's got to be something in this script that's attracting him. Natalie Portman came back for this. I know. I'm there's, well, there's who doesn't want to work with Taika? The guy's killing it. Exactly. And but I totally agree with you. I think he's one of the only people out of all of these Marvel movies where he he actually has a unique voice, and it's evident. And I, I would say same with James Gunn. Yes. So because Guardians stand yes. out to me, and Thor three to me are like the top Marvel movies, and mm-hmm. I think it's because they have people behind the camera that are actually putting. They're not just shooting. 
the pre-visualized storyboards that they're handed to from Marvel. Like, hey, oh, you, go. you know how to make a movie, right? <laughs> you, you know, you've, you've used a camera before. Here, shoot this and, you know, a little do factory. it for us. It really, that's what most of them are. And they get directors that, they get these indie directors because, oh, you know how to direct a movie. We, they, every single Marvel movie is pre-visualized. Yeah. They have storyboards and everything laid out for them nicely. So to have voices come through like Taika and James Gunn to give their own character to the movies, it helps so much. It does. Well, and you can tell, like, James Gunn, like, has so much passion, like, for the movies he makes. Like, for like, sure. He loves, like, the stories he's writing, the characters. Like, even him talking about Peacemaker, like, regardless of how you feel that show, like, you can tell the dude, like, loves making it and and kind of, like, his, like... And his humor his, works. Yeah, like, his humor... It's like, not just the paycheck, you know? Yeah, he's not doing it just for a paycheck. Like, he actually likes the characters like i think sometimes you get these big studio directors that just like i need a paycheck yeah (laughs) well there's an incentive because you have these indie directors that have like you know you know cutting their chops making these other movies they show they can do something but they want to take it up to a next level and to get that exposure you take that marvel entry point to say well you'll give me a real budget i'll have a lot more exposure but they're really not set up to succeed unless they have a very crystal clear vision for how to do something different. And it doesn't feel like anybody has the leverage or even know how yeah. to pull it off. Exactly. Right. So yeah, Marvel, I'm not buying your stock. I'm selling. I'm selling. I'm it. buying DC. I, I sold that stock. It's gone. You, got, you, you had to have sold at Endgame. The peak was infinity war for me. I, I agree. Infinity I think War, Infinity is War was actually, a better movie. It's a better movie, and I was actually legitimately impressed with that they pulled it I off. was very impressed, because I went in kind of with, like, skeptical. so-so expect very skeptical, and, yeah, I, and I, I didn't get, or Infinity War just totally worked, even though it's not a complete story. No. You know, it's part one to a part two movie, and it's like... It's I, probably one of the darkest Marvel movies. Yeah, it is, and it's one of the most effective. I, I really like real Infinity stakes. War. It never felt like... I know Tony Stark getting killed in Endgame and stuff, everybody's all bummed out, but I was like, dude, his contract was up. Yeah. Like, everyone knew this was done. <laughs> yeah. Like, I walked into that movie knowing it, you know? Like, it, yeah. this was over. Like, we all knew it was over. You know, Infinity War, it was kind of like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. it felt like there was a moment for something interesting to happen, and it was. You know, when they I got, really liked they got snapped. So, I agree with that. So, yeah, I, I'm just there's no emotional connection to any of these IPs, and I'm only going to show up for specific things. And it's it's like the Thor movie stuff like that. It's like Christian Bale's in it. Let's go. Let's see what that's got. And that's why Guardians three. Totally looking forward. To yeah, I'll, I'll see that. You know, I'm but on board like, with that. Even Doctor Strange two. Sam Raimi. Yeah, there's some crazy rumors about that. Yeah, movie. apparently this is gonna be like the biggest crossover thing yeah. of all time. Because so. old, you know, Professor X is in it. I there's Toby's no way he's coming not back, him. dude. I've heard I've heard Tom Cruise leaked. Like, yeah, possibly as Tony Stark. Every X Man coming back, dude. Crazy like, stuff. oh yeah, I've heard Professor because he Patrick Stewart. You hear his voice. And yeah. You see the back of his head. I'm like, okay, but yeah, Sam Raimi, Toby's got to come back. Oh, They're gonna work Toby, together. Yeah, you need to see the new Spider Man. See, but that's what I, I'm kind of excited about. That I think. And you know, in the first Doctor Strange, I actually like too, because Scott Scott Derrickson, he's a great horror director. Haven't he did seen a good it. job. You haven't seen Doctor Strange yet? I think we talked about I'm this. A, I'm not a bad on the last pod. Guys, it I gives haven't. me Inception vibes a little bit. Well, totally does. I mean, the visuals, a lot of it totally the, does. The turning and things. All right, Strange well, is good. Segue back, right? Inception. Back to 2008. It was interlude. I, I make interlude. Okay, I'm making a meme for you guys. Picture the two buff arms locking hands. Right, you, yeah. you know what yep. I'm talking yep. about. Yep, Arnold right. Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and, um, Carl Weathers, right? Carl Weathers. Hands are together. They're locked. 
I got the Dark Knight one arm. I got the Batman the other arm. Hands coming together. A fucking great Batman movie. Okay? Yeah. Morris, why do you not feel that way? I need to know because I'm actually really upset with you. I just rewatched I know you the Dark are. Knight. You just rewatched it. I just you watched it. the whole trilogy Wait, or just Dark Knight? Let's let's set up what I saw the Batman Batman begins like maybe six or seven months ago. Okay. And Dark Knight. Did you rewatch Rises? We, I'm not going to the Rises. We're only going to the Dark Knight. We hashed out we're Rises. Talking, we're rises. Talking, we're talking Dark Knight. I know. Be the Batman. But let me let me set up what happened. That's fine. We're it's fine. In our group text. This is where we're gonna get controversial. This is where the real fireworks are coming to Before you go, I rewatched the entire Nolan trilogy. From start to finish, in the matter of like two days, three days, after I watched the Batman, I'm yep. I'm on a Batman high. It's cool. I'm riding the wave. I'm buying more comics. I, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna revisit the Nolan trilogy. You know, for no other purpose than I haven't seen him in a long time. Let's let's watch him. Leave rises out of the next conversations because we, we've covered it. You've won. You've won the argument. <laughs> I already said that we got our legs cut off underneath us when Heath Ledger died. It fucked up the whole script of whatever the third movie would have been. Leave it at that. Yeah. But let's just agree, Rises is way worse than I remembered this time around. I've seen some very damning evidence on the subject, and I think you're right. But I still think that movie has some scenes that are worth, all worth of the being movies, made. All of the movies have scenes that work. Yes. No, there's scenes that justify its existence, even if we didn't get the product that we deserved. Well, you had to have the bookend of the trilogy. That's I'm just there's it was just a shitty book. I'm not here to, to litigate on rises today. Yeah, That's all I'm saying. No, I know. I'm not yeah. here to litigate on that. So, so a week or two ago in our group text, Bill Mo sends we're gonna link his letterboxd account you should. In the, <laughs> to this so one. You can check out his reviews. He sends us his review of the Batman. Dark Knight. Of the Dark Knight. Of of the Dark Knight, excuse me. And he gives it three and a half stars. On a four star scale? On a, it's a, on a five star scale. On a five star scale. You motherfucker, dude. Yeah. You're out of control. I know. You're out of control. I gotta be honest. It hurt my feelings a little bit. We're gonna link it in the in the description. So you I thought it was a four at, star scale now. I, I, I'm, what would you say how what what percentage of it would you say was shitting on the Dark Knight? Eighty percent? It's a critique of the Dark Knight. Yeah, it it's go, not a. It's not a full review. It's a critique. <laughs> it was mainly. It is mean, a critique. You have you have some curtailed like this work that worked, but I mean it's a critique of the movie. It felt more like this is what I don't like about the Dark Knight. Not a lot about. Not as much as what. Here's what I don't like. It's here's why it's not as good as people say it is. Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. And it, it hurt me a little bit, and it made me question everything I thought I knew. <laughs> I did get introspective after Batman. reading it about the movie. I 100% did. So don't think I didn't like and we signed, take your yeah. your thoughts on the subject seriously because I did. I was like, maybe it's not as good as I thought. <laughs> I had the same thoughts. That's, that's okay. And I had some soul searching. That's okay. You flipped the table on me, bro. <laughs> I was like, what is up? What is down? I do not know. The earth is flat. And honestly, that was really the catalyst for this podcast. We're like, we need yeah. an emergency podcast. Yeah. We need to. It drew up some we, strong we emotion. Out. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah. So, so I got that from you, Bilmo. It. Definitely rattled me. I walked out of the Batman pre this this review. Yeah, right? I texted you. Yeah, I said Dark Knight one A, the Batman one B. I think they're on the same level, like as far as like my love and like enjoyment of the movies. And I could see any person saying, "I like the Batman better than the Dark Knight," or the other way around, right? Like I think by preference you could pick a movie and say like, "I like the way this is done," whatever. But to say that the Dark Knight is an inferior movie frustrates me. Because I think that you could not have the Batman without the Dark Knight. It's true. As far that, that as like true. what it created. Right? And I recognize that. And I rewatched the Dark Knight 
with your criticism in, you know, in my mind. And I was, you know, when someone like puts a criticism or like a flaw in your head yeah. and something you thought you liked, you go, oh shit, that isn't as good as yeah. I thought. I really didn't, I wasn't swayed. I enjoyed The Dark Knight just as much as ever on the rewatch. And I was thinking about why. Why does this movie work for me? And it's because Christian Bale is a fucking G. Like, I, I told Taylor this. I said, Christian Bale is the Mike Trout of Batmans, right? He's the best to ever do it, but he's boring, right? Because he makes it look so easy. Because everything he does scene to scene, he does it so effortlessly that I think it kind of disarms you as a viewer, right? The way he is is Bruce Wayne. Like, he sells these freaking Bruce Wayne billionaire playboy so easily. And then he's the Batman, and he's doing his own thing. So it kind of really creates this, like, separation between the two where you're not thinking, like, oh, everyone would figure out he is Batman, right? Because he generally comes off as somebody that does his own thing as Bruce Wayne, and then the Batman's his own monster. Kind of a douchebag. Out in his own world, right? But the reason I think the Nolan movie works so good is the pacing is nonstop. It is. There is not a single break in that movie that I think you would go like, oh, it dips here. Like, I think from scene to scene to scene, you are absolutely engaged with what's going on with the characters. And that is a very different approach than what the Batman does. No. Right? And, and and we need to address. I, I totally. <laughs> no, no. Let's. Uh, I the, the Batman that the, you know, that each movie is trying to do are very different yeah. and very preferential because Bale's Batman is not the same Batman that you're that you're going to get out of the Batman. Or yeah. For that matter, kind of any of the he other Batman, he knows what he's doing in Dark Knight. No, he does, and like compared to any other, like, like I like Batflick. Batflick's my Batman because he's doing something that I prefer the Batman do than yeah. any of the other Batmans do. That doesn't mean he was in the best movie or you know an, a, an, or a flawless movie for that matter. But his Batman is who I look for and what I want more of. And so my critique, I tried to steer away in my critiques of like. Oh, I don't like Bill because he's a pussy. It's like, no, <laughs> he's not. But yeah. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying it wasn't just a matter of taste. There is legit filmmaking flaws in Dark Knight that I cannot get past. That Nolan, and it's across the board for Nolan. It's not specific to Dark Knight or the trilogy. It's a lot of flaws with Nolan that I have in his movies and his storytelling that just follow him through almost all of his work. Um, I would say besides Memento and maybe besides Dunkirk. Um, other than that, he's, he has huge flaws that I see in his filmmaking. And, and I do think we need to preface why the dark Knight deserves a closer eye. And I think we all know what I'm going to say than any of the comic book movies, any other Batman movie, because it sits at number three in the top 250 of IMDb number three, but that's of all time. But that says something about audiences and the reaction to it. Right. But I mean, but you you still to me anything that's sitting on the top ten, top thirty, fifty, in uh, top two fifty deserves a closer look at like okay, that's this fair. is sitting at number three. I'm gonna look at not just like oh the Batman story. I'm looking at the filmmaking at this point, and the way the plot and the way he shoots this movie and the exposition that is downright horrific. Like the exposition in in the whole trilogy is horrific because he cannot help himself for each character to repeat the themes of his movies over and over and over and over again. I, or the end of Batman Begins, Katie Holmes, touching Batman's face, literally says, this is your mask. This, you, this Bruce Wayne, this, yes, we fucking know that. <laughs> like, we know that. And it's repeated throughout Dark Knight, example. Gotham needs a hero. Gotham needs a... Si 
Yes, we fucking know that. They said it probably eight times in the whole movie from from Harvey, from Gordon to Bruce Wayne to Maggie gay ass Gyllenhaal, who I cannot stand in that movie. So we can absolutely agree that Maggie Gyllenhaal horrible casting, one hundred percent the biggest black guy in this movie. Is yes, every scene no, she's no in is like it's like, come on, dude. Like Katie Holmes, I don't think she was great, but she was better. And I don't know why she wasn't recast. I thought she was pretty good. I, yeah, she was good. I think yeah. she's good. Was she perfect? No. I mean, again, some of the dialogue. There's zero issues. chemistry with Maggie Gyllenhaal. I think the zero. Dark Knight works better with with Katie Holmes. Absolutely. You 100%. Actually, and I've, I've said this on the pod before. We are robbed of an emotional moment when Maggie Gyllenhaal gets blown up. Because you're like, thank you. Goodbye. We don't have to see <laughs> yes. you again. You're she, gone. Yeah, horrible. And every, I, yeah. I'm happy. And I you, should be devastated I'm like, for why him. Is Bruce upset about this. Yeah, you don't buy Bruce. You don't. They don't have chemistry. You don't buy that Bruce is yeah, in love with he, this he's girl. He's like, she was gonna wait for me, Alfred. That's I'm the like, biggest flaw in like, the movie no. to me is that emotional note is non-existent. It's not even even in the stratosphere. Well, right? and it makes Aaron Eckhart seem like a little out of control for how like. Yeah. Unhinged, he goes. So you're like, dude, nah! Maggie, you're <laughs> it's like, dude, he goes Maggie full tail. All man, you seem like a nag. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, and, and you know, Nolan gets a little heavy-handed with exposition. I'm not going to argue with that. Um, I think that there's like character in some of that, though. That it's colored differently after a decade of Nolan or two decades of Nolan that we have now. True. Which. I, I look at some of those scenes like you were you were ragging on the courtroom scene, right? Which is super campy, right? <laughs> it's so But bad. I love that scene where he's like, Maroney? He's the fall guy. I'm the brains of the operation. Like, I love that moment. Like, it's so dumb, but it's funny. Here's the thing. Here's why I don't like that scene, though. That scene belongs in a more campier Batman movie. But, like, that's where like, watching... I find it's endearing. I don't know, but see, but that's not what Nolan was doing. That's why that that scene feels out of place because the whole trilogy, the whole idea was this is a context that could actually happen, right? That You yeah. watch Batman Begins, you're like, oh, shit. This it's a, is a, it's world, a realistic take. This is Chicago. They like, have, Gotham they, isn't a character. It's Chicago. Well, and they have explanations like, for everything, right? Like, yeah. all of his tech. It's all, like, it's all back to military reason whatever. he could have it. Yes. Right? It's all explained. And so to have, like, and, you know, and especially with the overall tone that that movie should have taken, too, it just felt so campy. I mean, he's... <laughs> That that scene just doesn't belong in the movie, in See, my opinion. It, yeah, and if it does belong, it needed to be more drawn out because honestly, I think that's a missed opportunity to connect more to Harvey Dent. I, to me, I needed to be more sold on who Harvey Dent was. We get one courtroom scene, and we're supposed to believe that he's like the god of Gotham that he's going to save. Yeah, I think why don't you have like a, a and more they sacrifice? Do, do you think campy's the right word or over the top? I think it's more over yeah, the top. However you want to categorize. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that goes back to what I was saying about the pacing. It's like Nolan sacrificed some of those setups in a more appropriate way to keep that movie just it like goes. lightning, right? And it goes so fast that he, right. he runs over scenes like it's no one's business. Right. Um, another huge critique from you is the Joker at the, the fundraiser, right? That, the that's the scene I'm referring to is, as far as the editing and the pacing of this movie. It, Nolan keeps that movie going so quick. He he doesn't know what to. He doesn't even address key situations. So yeah, you made a a point about Joker shows up. He's heavily armed. You know, throws Rachel throws out the Rachel window. off the building. Batman he's, jumps he's out the window. For Harvey Dent, though. He's looking for Harvey. Harvey is hidden at that point, right? Right. Taken away. Not going to find him. And there really isn't like a resolution to that scene, other than Batman just saves Rachel and then on we go. I, I was curious with what you said about him being heavily armed and how there wasn't any repercussions of that. 
I watched that that scene completely differently because with the Joker, you're just focused on the Joker the right. whole time. It's like a trick, basically, right? Like you're just staring yeah. at the Joker in that scene. I purposely looked at everything else going on in that scene. Joker shows up with five guys that are in the room with him. Right? Okay, not very many because it felt like more when I thought about it with what you said. Yeah. And Batman shows up eventually, beats the shit out of all the henchmen. Yeah. It's basically it's just Joker. Joker with a gun at that point. And I was like, well, why didn't he kill anybody else or what happened? The way I see it, Joker had to just bail at that point. Right? But where did he go? He's How? good. At, you know he's good at slipping out. But in what way? Because my issue is when he dives out, he's at the top of Wayne Comp- Comp- yeah. Enterprises. Where is he going? Like, did he jump to the next? Like, and to me, it's. I just think if he's I'm shown Batman, in the movie, he has exit plans always, and that's fine. Joker does. That's that's like how I interpret it. It's like he would have figured out or had a way that he's slipping out. But that's fine. I just, it's like it's kind of a betrayal to Batman at that point, though, because Batman, your girl just got thrown out the window. There's innocent people up there. Joker's right uh-huh. there. Where, is he not chasing him down? Did he not go, like... Find him after. Just have... Like, and seriously, all it would take for Nolan to do is give us five seconds of Batman yeah. going back up to the scene and Joker's gone. You know, oh, Harvey's still in there. Okay, great. Whatever. And I know that's a, that could be a nitpick, but it's still, like you said, it's jarring. You're yeah. like, oh, shit. Now the scene's over. And now we're on to the next day. When, it's when, not even like a related event. It goes. Yeah, when, it's when, just like... And that, again, that goes with the pacing. It's like, a, it's yeah. a little he's bit going from scene to though, scene. Right? It's like Joker's at the door. Like it's like, like because that's kind of his grand appearance, right? Like at the yeah. fundraiser, it's like yeah. Joker's here to play. Like, well, I mean, that whole moment is him. He's infiltrated everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because he killed the he killed the DA judge, or the judge, killed the commissioner. The commissioner. He's gonna kill Harvey. You know, like he's doing it all simultaneously. He's coming. Like he's yeah. He is a presence. He's, he's, yeah. And so I just watched it two days ago, so it's a little fresh. And I totally agree. That movie still slaps. Like. Like it's it's paced perfectly, and just the amount of mayhem that Joker causes, like throughout that movie, is just insane. Like he turns that city on its head by by the end of yeah. it, and he just slowly, slowly turns up the heat. Like first he robs a bank, then he goes and he uh, goes to the fundraiser and kills the the judge and the mm-hmm. commissioner. commissioner. Commissioner, and he just slowly turns up the heat. Then he blows up the hospital, and then he. And then he's going to go blow up the two stories. Like, it's just... And he burns all the money. Like, he is, like, completely dismantling everything that the city has, right? So, I don't think there's any complaint that Heath Ledger, I mean, he steals the show. I mean, do we do we talk about this movie the way we do without Joker? Oh, well, I mean, it's... No. They're, inext- right? they're linked at a level that's, like, you can't separate them. I, I guess I was looking for more reasons to not like it after reading your review. And I still emotionally was just as connected and engaged with the movie. And it made me f- wonder, it's like, when do plot holes show up for people, right? Like, because you're, you're pointing out valid plot holes, right? right. In the movie. Like, I, I think you're completely justified in what you say. But it's funny how, like, I'll look for pl- I'll see plot holes in movies. But, like, in this movie, I'm like, well, it's okay because right. I have this. Again, but we're looking at, I'm looking at it through the lens. This is a top three movie of all time yeah and so it's it's easier for me to look at a plot hole of a movie i like like starsky and hutch you know what i mean yeah that's not i'm not looking at that's not the same thing as looking at a plot hole in a. yeah you're truly evaluating the product yeah yeah and i think it deserves that kind of scrutiny being as well beloved as it is but don't you think you're a little dramatic giving it a three and a half not even a four not even a four i I, I, I honestly it loses a full star for 
this stuff. I think the half is just you being like, yeah, fuck you guys. No, like I, that's what I feel like. I think that's just I the know little it feels that dig. way, but like so you watch after it, you're just away that movie. I was just like, yeah, look, because look, the Joker stuff, a Joker Heath Ledger kills it. The action, the the motorcycle chase scene, awesome. Like I, I'm I'm in on that scene. A lot of the Batman fighting is some of the most bland shit I've ever seen. Which again, that goes to me not liking one. Nolan can't film action. Action on hand-to-hand combat. Watch this. Tell me a single Batman scene that stands out to you where Batman's fighting people that's legit. I think I think it works honestly. I really do. I think no, I think the Batman fighting I think, works. I think the scene where he infiltrates the final showdown with Joker, where he yeah, where he's moving through scene, the floors. That yeah, just incredible. Yeah, like, where he's finish, pulling people he's over, beating up, people, saving people, like fighting my, the SWAT and the bad guys. My bad. issue is he. I see him punch a guy in the arm and like throw him over, and he's done. I mean, I again, I think that manifests itself more in Rises. Which is, but let's be real. I know like we're not getting to, into that. But I feel like nothing about Bale's physicality impresses me. But, but I feel like Pattinson had a similar approach in most of his fight scenes. Unlike Batfleck, which I feel like he literally beat the fucking shit out of people. <laughs> yeah. Like I believed it when Batman, like when Ben Affleck's Batman beat somebody up. Yeah. Where Pattinson and Bale, I think, are kind of in the same class of like they did the finesse fighting technical and they knocked. People but again, out. a lot of Nolan's filming. I mean, honestly, watch any of the Batman action scenes where it's hand to hand. I think closer the most. View. I think the most blaring. He cannot shoot action. Like he can't. It's very quick cut. It's like people are on the ground before I can even see what's happened to him. He doesn't back out of the room and show the action. Ha- like, I, I, I noticeably was disappointed by a lot of that in the movie. I think the opening scene of The Dark Knight's probably the best example of that with the, the dudes in the van where he, where he shows up and they kind of just wait for him to punch them. Like, I mean, yeah, so there are some stuff like that. And, yeah. like, I get that. I don't know. Like, to me, Nolan cannot film action very well. And I think he can film large-scale action. Like, again, the car chase or the motorcycle chase with the truck. These large-scale things that he's I think he's really good at. And he, he, him using practical effects and stuff totally adds to the movie. Yeah. Totally makes it so it doesn't feel as dated. And his, commi- his you know, commitment to that definitely helps it. I just I, – I could not get in with – I mean, I, I just I, – I, I'm trying to, like, pinpoint other parts of this movie that just do not – work that come off i guess so more should cheesy? i throw in another thing that people always critique is the joker getting captured plan everything that leads into uh yes. Eckhart getting blown up and that whole that, chain that, of events that part bothers me only because there's a guy sitting in the room with joker for that whole thing to work because he has to egg the guy on who's standing and why is there a guy standing in front of the door they can't wait on the other side of the door yeah in an empty room and and again that's a convenience yeah. I'm willing to just kind of let that go. I am. I'm not saying, oh, the movie sucks because of that. It's just like little tiny things like that that to me manifest themselves throughout the movie. And I'm like, this isn't a top three movie of all time. It's not even a top. It's not even a top fifty movie of all time. It's not even a top thousand movie to Morris. No, like of all time. Like, <laughs> it's a three and a half stars. But like, give me a break. I think Hidalgo is a three and a half star for me. So Hidalgo, <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> Four well, stars. Maybe you're haven't seen you're it. You're just messing with me now. You're theaters, just dude. bugging so, me, dude. It comes down to you know, is something greater than the sum of its parts? And we're talking about Christopher Nolan. I remember his response because with Tenet, right? Which I'm sure we have mixed feelings about here. We didn't like. To. I didn't last. It didn't resonate with me. But, but one of the critiques was is that the, the sound effects are so yeah. loud that you can't hear the dialogue. 
And Christopher Nolan's like, well, I don't really care if you can hear the dialogue super well because I, I just want you to feel a certain way as you're watching. like, Which is a totally wrong way to do it. Right, but like, I think, can we apply the same ideology to the Dark Knight where maybe there's individual things you can pick, but how do you feel when you start and when you end the movie? And I think that's a big part of a movie's impact is kind of... <sighs> Yeah, and that's the feeling it gives you. And I, I'm glad you said this because I think that's where I can't get onto your level, Bilmo. Because emotionally, this movie just resonates with me so much on like just a level I can't even describe. Like it, it just en- enthralls me. It interests me. I laugh. I'm, I'm into every part of it in a way that maybe like makes me not care about some of the flaws you're pointing out as much that I might in another. And that's way. understandable because so I'm like, like that with some movies too. Yeah, and so that's like. For me, like I, I hear you, what you're saying, and you're absolutely like entitled to how you feel about watching that movie. It just is surprising to me because I felt like you should like it a little more than you do, I even guess, though you have valid reasons to not. Right. I, I, I guess I just don't. It doesn't emotionally resonate with me as as much as it does. did. Did it, and now it's gone, or were were you like, yeah, this was good, and then you kind of no, like, yeah, I kind of feel like, and I think a lot of people feel like when I everyone saw this in the theater, yeah, was it? It was like the great. It was like holy shit. This is this is. Like and you just and you just remember that feeling of how you feel about it. Yeah. And for me, revisiting it all these years later, it was just like, oh, okay, it, it wasn't as. So I've I've heard the coin the term coined, uh, phantom menacing, mm. where people who saw the Phantom Menace for the first time were like, this is the greatest movie ever made, and they still kind of try to have a hard time committing saying that it's not it's because it's not it's, a good movie. as eight year old us uh, seeing yeah, it for the first it's time. Not I remember a good movie. it's They're not a good movie. Holding on to that nostalgic yeah. feeling. And it's like, are people dark nighting? You know, is it not See, that, where it's like the memory and the feeling watching it overrides what it actually might be? And maybe I've sunk to that level where I'm, I'm just, I'm able to see a lot of the storytelling flaws of Nolan come through, where I'm being beaten over the head with his. And I think Nolan loves directing themes. Yeah, and he He's did that with the trilogy. Ob- he made it obvious. Yeah, yeah, and that's he makes it horribly obvious, like in in the worst ways, where he can't allow again. It's just a Nolan flaw. His audiences to be able to like, so many characters say things and do things where I'm just like, shit. I know, like yeah. I know. I'm watching your movie, dude. Like you don't need characters saying walking me through each step or repeating your themes of the movie up until the last scene of the movie where Gordon gives a monologue to his kid. For no apparent reason, um, I hate his kid in this movie. And you have to say that kid actor is such—he's such a piece of shit. He's a, he's a wet noodle. Oh, he's dad. a wet noodle. Yeah, he didn't do he's, anything wrong. I didn't do anything oh. wrong, Dad. Dad. Well, he clearly loves Batman dad. more than his own dad. Dad, is he okay? Dad, is he okay? Dad. dad. Why? Why do people? Right. I'm just like, holy shit, Nolan. Like, leave this kid out. I got one more question, <laughs> and I I went to Reddit for this, and I couldn't find anything. So you know the part at the end where they have the confrontation with the three with yeah. Batman. Harvey and Gordon, where Harvey flips the coin for each of them. Yeah. He's going to kill him or not. So he, he shoots Batman, right? Mm-hmm. And so Harvey's kind of got his back to that big drop. And then yeah. Batman's on the other side. The thing that's always quite, like, I've never understood to this day is how does Batman get the jump on Harvey? Well, the, a similar thing happens in the fundraiser scene, if you notice. Because um, when he goes. Again, there's some cheesy lines in this movie that I, I You're going to love me. You're going to love me. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you have a fight to you. I like this. But Batman, You're Batman love does me. that too, though. He's like, 
you at least hold your punch a little bit. It's like, oh, I did. Like, no. they do the same things. I know. I know. I'm I just, just saying, like, I feel like we're being selective in where we're like, that's a dumb thing to say. It's like, they all, it, like, like, all kind of do it. But in that scene, Batman appears in the middle of the room when the whole room is crowded out with goons and people. And all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. Batman's right next to Joker. Like, oh, shit. Like, yes, there are some staging issues. Uh-huh. Like, in like that scene with Harvey Dent. I'm just like, looking that are at the, unbelievable. the room, like. I'm looking at the angles. How do you get like, to that spot? It'd be like if you had your back against the wall and you shot a guy like from the other side of the room, and he gets up and gets the jump on you. Yeah, still. it's like right. It was a magic trick because he's looking up at the coin. <laughs> that's when he gets the running start. He's got a point five second. That's what I'm saying. He's quick, bro. <laughs> he's got the boosters. Felt the way, but I was like, how does he get the jump on him? Well, there's a lot of those things in this movie, like the opening scene with the school bus. Yeah, the no, idea 100%. that he could that he could slide into the line of school buses, like that. That but it was in a bank. The, a, a bank. The bus backs into the bank. Where was that bus before that it could just back? And into how did the it bank? show up with the rest of the yeah. buses? And then just pull up where is no one like dead stopped? Like holy shit! But it looks amazing. But it but it looks amazing. Right. That's kind of where I keep maybe, going back to this movie. The, maybe that's the essence of the Dark Knight right there. But it looked like, and I I kept thinking about it because I was like, yeah, that that shouldn't happen. And I was thinking about the Joker getting sent to prison and everything. Yeah. It's like. In reality, he should have probably sat in prison for a few days, and then the whole plot should have happened. But no one's just like, no, like we're just gonna keep this roller coaster going, and you're just gonna be going the whole two and a half hours. And that was like a choice that I think was very purposeful. And that, to me, was a decision in itself to do it that way versus because he could have gave more scenes time to breathe. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it probably would have alleviated some. Definitely not all. Some of the issues that I think you have. One, no, it was totally would Because what another thing that really bothers me is Harvey's sudden turn. Yep. I get Rachel blows up. Okay, the person that blew her up was Joker. So Joker, some speech to him while he's in a hospital bed is now going to turn him to some mad. But but mad we saw killing. that it building up with how people were getting offed in the city, and basically he wasn't having a meaningful way to get, you know, get through and resolve it. Right, like when he takes the one psycho guy into the ambulance car. Like he was prepared to kill that guy in that moment. Right. So we're seeing the cracks in his armor being corrupted, right? And it is too jarring, right? It it's is a little too jarring. Fa- I it's think too fast. And I, I get that his speech, you have to live long enough to see yourself. And yeah. yeah, that's Harvey. But it's like, I didn't I didn't see that natural progression. I, I agree. It was a little jarring it, to, it, for him to just flip. To, I know, even if there were some cracks, that speech with Joker, now he's... Now he's willing to go to the dark side. You know, he set him off. I don't know. That seems incredible, though. Where he talks. To where, he sees, yeah. where he sees. Where he sees Joker with the mask. <laughs> and he doesn't notice her and <laughs> takes off the mask. <laughs> <laughs> that seems great. But it, it kind of reminds me of a lot of times in like romantic films or like comedies or whatever. There's all there's always some drama based off a misunderstanding. Like maybe like you got a text message that said like. I don't want to be with you anymore or whatever. And it was really like, it was like literally for that one moment where like they literally just need to have a two minute phone call and be like, Hey, resolve it. This? That's what it kind of felt like a little bit with Harvey where it's like, logically, do you really think Batman like chose save you over Rachel and, and the Gordon was in on it? Like it doesn't add up really. No, like, I know. When you, really, I, when you think about it logically, yeah. like he didn't ask any questions. He's just like, no, and I think a lot more, of time, more time spent with Harvey would have helped. A lot with that. I don't know. Progress. The, the the scenes that progress afterwards. I was just like, I, I just feel like we would have gotten a little bit more. I would have at least felt more invested in that character and, rather than a, a cheap courtroom scene that was like, I, now I'm supposed to believe this guy's the, 
the god of Gotham, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I think that was kind of the thing is, like, they wanted to show that, like, this dude is, like, goodness personified, like, mm-hmm. even to a degree higher than Batman. Like, the, this dude... He's the aggressive public face of a, a, a Gotham reform. He's the guy that... Right? Ba- he's, he's, like... He's doing what Batman's doing without a mask, basically. Right. And I think that's why they made it so, like, kind of over the top with him punching that guy in the courtroom and recommend you buy American and all that. <laughs> <laughs> Which, don't get me started if you know guns. Like, American isn't even, like, the, the pinnacle, pinnacle of, gun of guns. So. Yeah, and I, I'm like, all this stuff is legit. Like, I, I don't think you guys are wrong. In any of this talk, no, and, right? and, and I don't I just blame fe- you. I'm not. I don't think I'm not. My purpose wasn't like man, you shouldn't like this movie as much as you do. It's it, it really though. It kind of felt like that was the purpose, right? It's like people need to reevaluate and push this movie down to a lower. I team. mean, I was kind of attacking the larger populace, which yes, you Google any top ten comic book, top ten any comic book or Batman related item. Dark Knight sitting at number one. It's number three in the top two fifty. Any movie at that status needs to be looked at closer, and I, and I do, and I'm not saying any every movie because there are movies that hold that status that hold up. I watched Shawshank Redemption the other night. That definitely holds its place. Okay, I, was worried. I thought you were about to say like <laughs> no, I was it like, does. dude, don't go at Shawshank. No, I've seen that movie so many times, and <sighs> Two it's and a half. It, every single time it only reaffirms like oh. Yeah, this is one of the greatest movies ever made. Like, no question. And I don't think the impact that Dark Knight has on the future of comic book movies or the status then deserves that. I, I, it deserves the recognition. But it's like you with, like, look, look, look at original Blade Runner. doesn't really drive with you, it, right? It grew on me, though. But it's one of the most important. I got, I'm back on the. F- okay. No, and, and, and I do, Blade Runner. I'm looking For sure. at the top 250 right now. So, you know, so we got Shawshank and The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Both Dark Those have always been, like, yeah. interchangeable. Yeah. So yeah, so I'll read through the top ten here, just below below the Dark Knight. So we got The Godfather Part Two, which made me very sleepy. I, I actually need, I, I like. I Godfather. actually haven't seen it. I like the Godfather. Godfather Part, part two. two. I've only seen the first one. Insane. I know. I basically haven't seen it either. I got. We got Twelve Angry Men, which is great movie. Solid. Um, Schindler's List. Haven't seen it. You haven't seen. This is kind of blowing my mind no, right I know. now. For you, honestly. That movie's really good, but I never want to watch it again. It's just that peak sadness. Then we got Return of the King. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deserved. Well Incredible. deserved. Yeah. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Well deserved. Fellowship yeah. of the Ring. Well deserved. The Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Well deserved. But then you get an interesting. We got another Nolan in the top twenty. We got Inception, Inception thirteen, which is so off. But it's it's not even funny because you got some polarizing things here, right? Because we got we got Forrest Gump at eleven, but some people are really out on Forrest Gump. I'm out on Forrest Gump. I'm big time. Like, and maybe it has more to do with because Shawshank lost to Forrest Gump in the Oscars. But Shawshank's along a perfect, with Pulp Fiction. Shawshank's yeah. a perfect movie. Right. It's like you you can't disrespect Shawshank. So that right. I mean, Forrest Gump is very overrated. <laughs> but getting back to to Nolan, getting back to to Dark Knight, I I don't think that we can recognize the importance of the Dark Knight and the trilogy as a whole as far as what it did for influencing and or establishing so a different kind of future yeah. for comic book movies. Um, you know, like, do we get Batson today without Dark Knight? No, we don't. And, yeah. I, and I'm not saying these movies should not exist. I like them. It's a three and a half star movie for me. Three and a half is not a bad movie. 
Two and a half is a bad movie. It just we're getting in that range. Just feels like it should be at least a four. Yeah, it just feels like uh, my my. I guess one of my biggest reasons why it's not because I like Batman Begins more than The Dark Knight. So Batman I actually Begins, think four Batman star Begins, movie, and then I actually put Batman Begins at three and a half as well. I just prefer Begins over Dark Knight. Just, I just feel like you're being like an asshole with this. <laughs> I'm not. I just <laughs> I watched the movie, dude, and if it's <sighs> it does not give me the emotion I think Nolan's honestly lack of filmmaking in these well, I, I think he's really good at o- like overshadowing a lot of the these plot holes and lack of character developments and exposition with these big with moments. Yeah. With big scenes, big things and themes that he loves to direct and loves to get out there. I, I I, I was honestly so put off by some of the dialogue in these movies and in the movies, but and dark Knight, um, that I, I couldn't, I, I'm not able to get as emotionally invested. I'm just like, this is typical Nolan. And so, it's, and it's another fault where I think interstellar would be a five-star movie without Anne Hathaway's speech, for example, like his exposition and not just that, not just, no, I do too. It's, I can, it's he, incredible. he can't cast women though. I mean, these Anne Hathaway no, he castings can't. is insane. <laughs> Ten years ago, I would have been on my knees sucking off Nolan. Yeah, yeah I'm going to say that. Ten, you know where I am today, 2022. And right off, right after Inception, you know, absolutely. I was like, I'm all in. This guy's the best ever. A decade later, I I see the flaws, the heavy handedness. I agree with the core points you're making. I do. Doesn't I mean you it. can't enjoy them. No, I know. I, I'm just saying that The Dark Knight is executed so well, despite some of those flaws, that it should. I think it should be giving you slightly more enjoyment than you're giving it credit for. The fact that you're like, nope, it's, this undercuts everything as far as how I watch this movie. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you it. It just feels like it's being a little extra harsh. No, than you it's need because to be. it's Joker. Without Joker, Dark Knight is not that great of a movie. Let's be honest. No, I think it is a good movie still. I really do. Like, I think the way it's cast of Joker's. Joker makes like to me Joker over again. It's another thing of like you remember the performance, you remember Joker, you remember the. But great I think scenes. besides Anne, ha- uh, besides Maggie Gyllenhaal and Anne Hathaway, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I think the casting's good in the movie. I like it when like Morgan Freeman shows up. I like Gordon. I like every mobster they have in this movie. I think is like has their own personality. They have their own space in the movie. I think all of these things come together in a way that's like very unique and like interesting. And so for you to be like, nah, this dialogue sucks. Uh, Batman, like you have no comments on yeah, Christian Bale. But those are the things that bring it down to a three and a half for me. But that's like the exposition. No, I told you Christian Bale, Christian Bale is an actor. It's hard to criticize the dude. But I do think him as Batman, like I said, a lot of the action and a lot of the lines are kind of cheesy that he, I'm not wearing hockey pads. I don't know. I hate his voice. Oh, the I, voice I, the, his voice does not grow on me. Yeah, the voice the more is over yeah, time. It's not going to get It was. It never, never got better, better after Begins. Begins was peak, his voice. That doc scene, I'm telling you. It, the, the Batman Begins, the origin story, I was so invested in that. I think the first hour of Batman Begins is some of the best Batman, period, yeah. out there. Because I love, I, I could get so invested in this world of understanding Bruce, understanding where he's coming from, that whole journey how he gets his moral compass, how he gets to where he's doing, how he gets the training. And then to see him be such a badass at that dock scene, like the opening scene, I was like, this is some of the best Batman shit. Yeah. And I don't think that was quite replicated, in my opinion, for Batman in The Dark Knight. Like, what did he do in The Dark Knight that peaked that, those moments in Batman Begins? Well, Batman in The Dark Knight actually stops some of the Joker's plans, right? 
like he is actually like figuring things out and causing little disruptions that's keeping them kind of going back and forth at each other, right? Well, he didn't stomp the boats. I mean, the people decided that. You know, Batman didn't. He, well, no, he, you no, know, he, he did disarms stop. Joker's detonator. Yeah, he disarms the thing. But he stops the, him before but he the people. Could do it. People didn't do it right, themselves either. But if you want to stop Joker, he was going to. But blow that was. Up. But again, if you want to go heavy-handed, that's you know Nolan saying people actually do. No, I know. Care about each other and it that's won't him hitting each that other. Theme. Yes, hitting a theme, right? And you know that was. I think the movie does a great job of showing Batman is pushing himself to the brink of his limits. Yeah, just doing all he can to stop Joker. Yeah, like, like he works ahead to get the whole sonar thing so we could actually find the Joker. Like he's thinking ahead in a way that I think shows like his intelligence. And how he could match somebody that is completely unpredictable, right? Which I think is a is a, a a testament to Bale's Batman as who like who he was as a full character. Where like when I look at Robert Pattinson, it's like he literally is behind at every scene. Like he's, he's playing catch up. He's two scenes like he's two beats behind the Riddler at all times, mm-hmm. right? And he actually doesn't ever save anybody. He didn't prevent anything from happening. Everything that Riddler was gonna do, he did, yeah. right? Minus maybe the last scene at the. You know, he Madison Square Garden at the arena, right? That's like where he kind of puts it and all in the subway station. And yeah, the one guy at the subway yeah. station. He did save him in there. Barely. <laughs> he almost beat up that yeah. guy too. That guy's still gonna need therapy. Uh, and I and that's where I go back to the Mike Trout analogy. I think Christian Bale's Batman makes it all look too easy with how he moves through things. That I don't think you appreciate maybe like the effort that goes into making that stuff happen for his character as Batman, right? Yeah, and maybe see maybe some of that effort like, again. I they they are different Batman. Right. This is a uh, he's almost put off. And Bale's Batman's interesting because he hasn't been in the game that long. No. And yet he he's a vet. He's technically in his he's second year. Yeah, in the he Dark is. Knight. Which is it's an interesting. This is just a different Batman. It's a different you know, Batman. He's older. He's wiser. He has more resources. Yeah. Obviously. Um, you know he already has his moral compass rounded out. Took he's, he's kind of figured out the Bruce Wayne. One hundred percent. He figured that out and begins. And begins very much. Um, which I think is a. A distinct trait of the character, you know, that has a yeah, part, right? Right, and Going we don't back we don't even, see that with Pattinson yet. That part is still being, which worked isn't out. really a critique of mine. No. It's just like it's just different it's just stages. A, it's right? a preference, um, but I but I liked the way that's executed, and I and I don't know if that's like a part people look for, right? I think they do look for like, well, how well does he beat people up? Well, he gets you know? synergy from his Bruce Wayne side with right. his crime fighting. See, and, that's and the thing is that's that's one aspect of Batman to me that I I need. I enjoy, I need to see, and that's why, like, Batflex warehouse scene, some of the greatest shit ever filmed. That that's seems why, amazing. I love that's that That's why scene. Bat scene, beating the shit out of people, really gets me going. You don't see Bale beat the shit out of anybody. He never beats Except the shit the out Joker. of Joker. Yeah, beats the shit out of Joker. I mean... Kind of in the, in the in interrogation, interrogation room. Interrogation. But again, it goes back to kind of the way the movie is really a crime movie, you know, and how it's moving through these events, right? right. And what you put your stock in varies, right? And so right. You, lo- you have lower stock in some of the things that I have higher stock in. Right. You know, and so I get it. I just, it's just hard for me to hear you go the, the three and a half. It just feels... Three, but is three and, feels, and a half a bad movie? It does sound bad, yeah. It's not a bad movie. A three and a half is a good rating, dude. I just... Because that three and a half shows, look, I one, I recognize its importance. I guess... 100%. I, no one can dispute the importance of The Dark Knight. No I one's think, arguing that. Do you have a five star you've... Rated recently? The Batman was five stars. Okay. I didn't have what were like, I didn't have any Batman was five stars. I think that's me. why it seems so bad. It does. It seems like it just feels recency bias in a sense. It and could be. And you're giving real And you can't have recency bias or know that it was recency bias until we go and, years and, down. And the that's road. why I'm saying I started it with the one A one B for me. 
is how these movies I perceive these movies. And you clearly have like a stricter criteria for what a you know, how you rate these movies, which is fine, you know, that's mm-hmm. your scale. It just feels like I'm just trying to make sure you're genuine and not just like taking a shot when you can take a shot because a I, great Batman movie just came out. Right. No, like, it feels like kind of this was in your back pocket. And you're like, finally, I have the chance no. now to like go back you. and tell I told you. I've been on. I've been riding the Batman yeah. wave ever since the movie came out. I've been on a high because that's what that movie did for me. I was like, I bought that year. One set was one hundred and forty bucks. I just bought. Hey, man. I was like, I shit. appreciate the dedication. Right. And like, I just, I, I, I have others coming down to the door. It's like, I just, I have so many, I put a lot of stock in Batman recently. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to revisit the trilogy because I like the trilogy. That's not to say that, I mean, I like the two movies. I actually, I, I have to say, I really do not like Dark Knight Rises. I'm, I'm sorry. Especially <laughs> it's, in its, own ca- it's its own category. So maybe I don't like the trilogy. I like the two movies. Um, like there's not, it's not like I can't watch Begins or I'll never watch The Dark Knight ever again. It's just not a number three of all time. It's not. It, it, it's not as. To me, there are better comic book movies. But there's than the just. Dark but clearly, this resonates with more people than it does with you. Apparently, you, and like again, you're, and you're I, and an I outlier think, with this movie. I think. Yes. But but I I've just seen so many people that I think are more more younger people dragging The Dark Knight like all oh, this movie's trash. Yeah. And I just feel like that is like. It, I don't think it's trash. And I, I've I, never said it's trash. I'm not saying you are. Yeah. This is not yeah, that's not been you. Kind of the, that's been kind of like the conversation online. Let's like let's not talk about how awesome the Batman is. Let's talk about how much better it is than the Dark Knight. That's been kind of the general vibe that I've taken from a lot of the conversation happening on the internet, like Twitter and social media. I mean, I I honestly I'm not on Twitter really anymore. But like I miss I, you, dude. I know, dude. I don't see you. Do. I miss yeah, you, dude. I'm just kind of like, why are we using this time to take pot shots at the Dark Knight, which is an awesome Batman movie? So, Taylor, I think you're less invested in some of this Batman pieces than, say, myself, who has literally the Batman symbol from Nolan's I know. movie and, and on my ring. ring, right? And the guy that just spent $150 on Batman content. Yeah. Like, what is your, like, summary of these two movies and where they yeah. fit in so, the pantheon? Well, yeah, so it's been kind of fun watching. Burden, Nolan, mm-hmm. and Reeves, all within a month. I've I've seen all three. Yeah, and so because I think like Bill Mo was saying, like the Phantom Menacing. I think there is a strong connection to whichever Batman you saw as a kid that you're gonna. That's that's Connect your Batman. With. You talk to a 35 plus Gen Xer, they're gonna be like, Michael Keaton's the best Batman. He's my Batman, mm-hmm. with a few exceptions, right? And so like when we were growing up, like Dark Knight was Christian Bale was our Batman. And so, like, I think there is a little bit of a nostalgia hit there, but I think it's similar to like how it's really hard to compare athletes in different eras. Mm-hmm. You hear a lot about yeah. like LeBron, LeBron and Jordan. Jordan right? Yeah. Well, and you're like, oh, like this dude, like, like the three point shooting so much better today than like 20 or 30 years ago. It's like, well, but the game was played differently back then, and people had different expectations for the game, like. It's hard to compare that way because it's not really an apples to apples comparison, and I feel like that's a big part of like the issues with comparing the Dark Knight to the Batman. Because you think about it, like before Nolan, the last Batman was the Schumacher movies, and they basically ran that character into the ground. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and, that, that whole thing and, got nuked. And frankly, I don't think if Matt Reeves' Batman came out in two thousand five, I don't think it would have resonated I mean, as well if we wouldn't have had. Nolan and Snyder to kind of like prep people for that level of Batman. Contextualize because, the whole thing. Because the Batman doesn't hold your hand. Like, no, it doesn't. Like, 
if you which is what I one thing I really appreciate about it. Right, as a diehard, doesn't treat me as an right. idiot. But I think Nolan's movie, you don't need to know anything about the Batman as a character to enjoy it. So I think it has more because it, it'll walk you through right. from the origin to the end, from start to finish, and literally Batman say is. the theme of the movie eight times in each movie, <laughs> and then walk you through yeah, yeah each character. Yeah, but I think people needed that at that time because there was such no. a weird history with. And I get that because even Tim Burton, he doesn't like, he doesn't go into Batman's history that much. No, he in doesn't. The original Batman, it's like a newspaper clipping. Batman's not even in it that much in the first one. <laughs> no. Which is why I like. Which is why I liked Returns more. There's a lot more Batman in Returns. Yeah, and and I think there's a lot of there's an argument to be made. Returns is better than Batman. No, there. I've I've come to that conclusion the last time I watched the two. I was like, and that's not to say one isn't great. Nicholson is a a revelation. You know what I mean? But like, Returns was just more Batman. Which is what I want in a Batman I think, movie. Yeah, I think it's more polished. I think that's kind of the sim- same way with Batman Begins and Dark Knight. By Dark Knight's because re- Dark Knight's just polished. Like, yeah, we got you all the kind of the backstory with Begins. We've we've teed everything up. We are going to open with this. I guess awesome I just didn't feel it was more polished. I didn't. Ah, I felt like Begins from that opening, was a better movie. From that opening bank heist. Yeah. You are locked in. I'm not saying it's a great open. That's I'm what saying, I'm saying. Like, you're locked in, but then you're, like, I'm, I'm taken out by multiple scenes of of dialogue and and plot holes and like I again I know that's just me watching the movie and people can enjoy it without really sinking into some of those faults that they have with the movie. I just saw a lot less of them in Begins, and I was just more invest. The story in Begins was more investing. Maybe it's the origin story was just more of an investing piece to me. To get invested in the Batman character yeah. than what I saw in Dark Knight. That's I'm just fair. I'm just confused because the plot points of the Dark Knight it just is keeping you on your toes the whole way through, right? Like the events of the movie are just it's just it's just whipping all over the place, right? And you get these moments of like revelation between characters. You get this symmetry between like Batman and Harvey Dent, both kind of being pushed to their brinks. And how are they going to react to this moment? And then seeing the Joker just keep putting more and more and more pressure. Like it's building up to this giant conclusion, which I think mostly works at the end. And and so for me to hear you just be like, well, they say this dialogue that just pulls me out of the movie. I'm just it's like, the exp- it's the Nolan exposition that definitely pulls me out, just but, like it does in any other movie. But I don't, I feel like the exposition. It's not specific to Dark Knight. I mean, it's specific I, to Nolan. But I just don't feel it as heavy handed as I did like in an Interstellar. Where Interstellar, it's like literally these long ass like about love. monologues. We're gonna talk about love and <laughs> monologues and time. No, it's not like there's not a scene like that. Interstellar. That's what I'm saying. That that scene alone. Brings down that movie, but a that's whole where half like star. I feel like he does like he is like he does treat you like this is like you're ten and I'm gonna tell you stuff, yeah, right? He does, and you're gonna hear it. But in The Dark Knight, I feel like it is less extreme and like it's briefer, right? It's kind of like all right, I'm gonna put this in here and then we're gonna go. Where like these other movies that have come out since by him, it's like we're literally gonna talk to you, just talk to you for like three minutes straight about something, and you got to try and figure out what it means. In The Dark Knight, I'm like. Yeah, that happens, but it's kind of like, all right, we said the line and then we go, which means like to me, I feel like you're kind of like more sensitive to it from all the other movies you've seen. So it feels more like extreme to you than maybe I think it should be impacting you. But again, like you're justified in how you watch a movie, you know? Right. And again, I, I just think a movie of that caliber, at least regarded by society of that caliber, shouldn't have those issues. 
you don't see any issues like that with the, any of the, that we both can even agree on in movies that are even in the top 10 of all time. I guess I'm trying to more to dispute why it shouldn't be number three of all time. Why it shouldn't be in top 50. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and in, in the, it goes back to like, we can't decide what the populace decides they no. like watching. And so but I guess I if you took you what they're what so if you agree took, with it. If you took every single person that rated it a 10, I'm one of them. Yeah. Right? And you made them go back and watch the movie and today and then re-rate, your hypothesis would be, be everyone large. else should be saying this is like a 6 or a 7. Or just less than what they thought of it before. Every, because if you're thinking of in 2008 when you watched it in theaters, this shouldn't hold up all these years later as well as it did. Yeah, so maybe this in is... In so a, many aspects. And maybe this is a pointless argument because for whatever reason, like, I was prepared to let this movie drop in my eyes. It just didn't on the rewatch. Well, and I know, like, we like to be like, it's because of the Joker. I'm like, what? The Joker's in the movie, right? Like... Yeah, I mean, it's not the movie if the Joker... I mean... Yeah, it is what it is. The movie is what it is. You know, it's just like no, Kevin my, Spacey. My point of the Joker is it's it's not so much Batman, which I should love this movie more because of Batman, not because of the Joker. Yeah, I guess that's to true. me the Joker is a way bigger character in plus in this movie than than Batman actually is. But it goes back to the Joker can't exist without the Batman. It's like they're they're tied to each other on being this coin, right? That that they're both on. I, I, yeah, and I think the biggest difference between Bale and Pattinson for me is you. I think Bale's Batman's more relatable because you see the humanity with the character. Right, you and that's see, you see the toll that being Batman has on his personal. Life. Yeah, and that and that's a choice on the character. Right, that's a total and I, preference. Well, I think that's easier for audiences to connect with because you're like, oh, like being this crime fighter like actually has consequences. Like he's having to sacrifice like his happiness for like the sake of of Gotham. Whereas Pattinson, you're like, he doesn't really have anything going he on. Have a life. No, right. Batman. And that actually was like on kind of pulled me out slightly from the Batman is that Pattinson is he's very nuanced with how he plays the character. But it does feel like he has one emotion in the whole movie. Yeah. Or two. It's sadness. He, he or hasn't anger. learned to separate. Right. The two. And that to me feels like kind of pulls me out because I'm like, well, you're human. You know, But we see that arc. We he, see his art so change. So he, he does have a growth, right? Which is what I love about it. You know, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily see a huge arc with Batman from the beginning of Dark Knight to the end. I mean, the whole movie, he's saying from the very beginning, Dark Knight needs Harvey Dent, and he still thinks in the end, we need Harvey Dent, so I'm going to take the fall for, you know, his death. I and think I, I just, I don't see, like, a huge character development, because again, maybe that's just not that he's already fully developed. Well, and like, he, he already has his, his compass, you know what I mean? Well, I think there was like, there's the way he, the Bale's Batman envisioned what he needed to be, and it turns out that it's not quite the Batman that he thought he would end up being. Right. right? But he's saying that from the beginning of the movie. That's not like in the beginning he's saying no, people need me, and in the end, oh, at people because he has those conversations where he wants to help Harvey fundraise. He was ready to out himself as Batman. Yeah. Because he already believes, you know, he believes in Harvey Dent. Mm-hmm. And he has those scenes. Again, some great scenes, some great moments. And I and I say that in my review on Letterboxd. There are a lot of great Batman moments in this in this movie that I don't think are entirely cohesive. And it's because of Nolan. And I do credit that to Nolan and some of his casting choices and dialogue choices. Um, but that's ultimately where I fall in it. I, I, I 100% understand the importance of the trilogy and of Dark Knight. I recognize it's good. 
I don't think it's a number three movie on top 250. Of, That's I, fair. I don't think it's the best comic book movie ever made. I personally, like, I think Logan is a better comic book movie for me to watch and get invested in. Yeah, I don't even think of it. I don't even know how you can movie. compare apples out. I'm just saying, yeah. if you're talking about comic book movies across the board, there are ones that I would point to that do more for me than Dark Knight does in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, looking at Dark Knight previous, it's pretty clear it's the best comic book movie up to that point, I think. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, I think Batman Begins is, though, better than Dark Knight. And I'm not even invested in the comic book debate, comic book movie debate. I just think it's a good movie. Like, I just like the movie as a movie. Like, it doesn't need to have some different, like, superhero IP to me for me to, like, have relevance. Is it a number three movie of all time to you? But I'm biased. No, like I think it. I think it. I think it holds a place in like the top five. I think it's okay. I think it belongs in the two fifty, in the top three because we're still talking about it fifteen yeah. years later. I watched that movie. I think that's. I think that's. And that, that's okay. That's okay to have that. That Im- yeah. again. I think that goes more to the importance of the movie, um, you know, more than anything from what I, it does. Because I think about all the movies. In the top ten, I think probably besides like Twelve Angry Men, I don't think there's a lot of Twelve Angry Men conversations going Just on. But those are, are movies that stick in people's collective consciousness and are still talked about. People still talk about Pulp Fictions. People still talk about The Godfather. But I guess my question is why? Why is Dark Knight being talked about more than Batman Begins, for example? I think for its impact, my answer is because it's Joker. But it's almost because like of you, Ledger. But it's like you're you're like. There's the Nolan part, and then there's the Joker. Like Nolan has no credit for having the Joker for in his movie. The Joker. No, I'm, I'm totally. I'm giving. <laughs> That's like it's like no. Everything giving... sucks. Joker's good. He should be his own thing. It's <laughs> no, like but... no, he's in his movie. No, but I'm telling you, I already told you. I think that's an issue because I want I want to love the Dark Knight because of what I what I like what Batman's doing, not necessarily just because of what the villain's doing. Well, I give the movie totally wholeheartedly more credit because of the Joker. And, and and honestly, Nolan's – do I think Heath Ledger was a product of Nolan's directing? Not necessarily. Nolan went totally method – or Heath Ledger went totally method with Joker. But again, it goes back to the process of the movie being made. Like, whether Nolan directed him or not, Nolan gave him the space to be what he no, was yeah. in the movie, right? Right. That, that's, a, that's a directal move. Right. Right? And so I, I feel like – And he, he recognized I, Ledger's potential to even cast him in that. I, and yeah, then, and that's because I'm not saying Nolan's a piece of shit. I'm <laughs> what saying, you aren't? I'm saying he's very flawed, and a lot of his flaws show over time. And I think over time his flaws so have shown. So you more being so a guy of film, you know, films, film. Uh, sorry, I'm tired. I'm tired. Studious. You're studious in the world of film <laughs> and cinema, right? You're a student of it. You pay attention to it. Yes. You think about it. Nolan is one of the most high-profile directors we have today. And to you, he's brought in the most box, uh, big box you, office numbers. He, if he's going to be in the big like the big leagues with the best ever, he needs to get the criticism of the best ever. One hundred percent. He is in this group that he probably shouldn't be in, right? I, yeah, I agree. You're, you're, and and you know what? By his recent track record, I'm not even arguing with you, right? Right. He's like a Spielberg in this modern era that, you know, like he makes these movies that people will see. He's and very care good about. at spectacle. In the whole spectacle, right? He's and very good at themes. He's very good at spectacle, and he's very and a lot of his movies hold up in various ways because of his. I, I appreciate again his practical effects, and I think that's where I the Dark Knight having the body of work that we have now. It's like at the apex of his career to me. I I think he hits the Dark Knight, and I feel like 
He is still heavy-handed, but he's not quite as heavy-handed as he gets an Inception, as he gets an Interstellar, as he gets into Tenet. You know, like, I think it's just that point in his story that everything is just kind of in a sweet spot. It's not perfect, but it's in a sweet spot that lets me enjoy this movie to a maximum. I get to see Christian Bale. I get to see Heath Ledger, Morgan Freeman, the whole gang doing their thing. And we have this just, honestly, as far as a movie goes, like, I am hooked the whole time. Like, I like every part of this movie. There's not one scene. Except Maggie Gyllenhaal. Less Maggie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Except She's Maggie. She's not in it much, though. She is not that much. But every time she shows up, I'm like, get off Her interrogation scene. It's so bad. Oh, it's so cringy, no. and it pisses me off. Oh, Mr. No. Lau. Mr. Her going Lau. in and out acting like some big tough cop. <laughs> Dude, well, Harvey, if you're a little rattled, Harry. he could take the day oh. off. Yeah, no. I hate that it's part. Bad. You're right. It's a it's a three and a half <laughs> star movie. You know what? It's a three and a half star movie. We're done. Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it down. You remind Maggie me. You will, right. Maggie will convince anyone to come down to my level. And then he <laughs> upped his ante of worst female actresses and added Anne Hathaway. In the yes. Next one. So I'm not just saying Nolan is impeccable, and I think you have good points. I just, I just I mean, no director is impeccable. I just can't. Denis, though. Yes, he's impeccable. <laughs> Denis, yes. though, bro. Dude, come on. We and didn't I would talk even about say Damien Chazelle. He's probably impeccable as well. But anyway. But I digress. So my my final thought on the Dark Knight. And I think heroes in general. Cap this. I think, yeah, let's cap it. I think a hero in a story, whether it's a comic book or a novel, a normal or movie, game or whatever, I think a hero is defined by their villains. I think that a movie, a comic book, what the hero does is meaningless if if the villains suck. Like if they're not if they're not engaging, if there's nothing that captivates you about them. And I think for me, why I still put the Dark Knight above the Batman is that. The villain is so dominant and present in that movie that it just elevates the entire product in a way that I couldn't connect with the Riddler's Zodiac vibe or the Penguin, what he was doing, or Falcone. Lex Luthor? Or Lex Luthor. (laughs) Like, it elevates everything about the movie. Like, the way they interact, the fact that this dude is on the same level as our hero, where you're like... He can go toe to toe with this motherfucker. Like he is, he is not afraid of him. Like, whereas with a lot of villains, especially Marvel villains, they're generic bad guys that yeah. want to take over the world, and they have not very relatable feelings or anything. Because I think that there's a little bit of Joker in all of us that just wants to cause chaos and mayhem, and is just fed up with the system, anti-establishment, <laughs> and I think. That's why The Dark Knight is just so damn good. And I can overlook plot holes and heavy-handed exposition. And I think that's why I will still put it above the Batman, personally. But I I think your critiques are valid. That's where I'm at. I'll roll with that. You roll with that? Yeah, bro. I respect your no, opinion, dude. No, and I, I and I, I respect again. It my my intent, and I know if it, whether it comes off that way. I mean, I sent that review to you because I know how much you love. Yeah, it's all good. Nolan. Uh, yes, no, that no, aspect dark, of the Dark Knight. Remember, I'm not. I'm off my knees. Yes, yeah, yes. You're off Nolan, but the Dark Knight. I know how much you love that, and th- obviously that was a purpose to say, look, I just rewatched this. This is my take. Yeah. And yes, my review points out the flaws mostly over what I, I I can go on. I can write a whole article saying what I like about it, but my whole point was, look, this movie needs to be looked at with a closer lens. If so, if a movie's going to be held on a pedestal, let's let's give it the criticism that we give Shawshank, and Shawshank holds up. You know what I mean? And so if we're looking at it, not even just in a comic book movie, but as a movie, it's not even anywhere near in that top list. Bill Moe's take was so egregious, so out there, 
that, our computer had to stop recording so that the blasphemies would stop. We are firm believers of the Dark Knight here at Jack of No Trades and always will be. It is not a three and a half star film. It is a five fucking star movie. And we will always defend the Dark Knight. Signing off. Till next time.